This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack having fun with a world gone crazy. Yeah, we've been here since 6, uh, 4.15 and uh, trying to get the printer to work so I can do the news here. But apparently Some that's... Where do we get this printer? The office office disaster? Yeah. On all this. What is that? I don't know what that is. That's code from the Pentagon. I have no idea. <laughs> it's been like 100 pages of this. Please, class. somebody hire us. The equipment, well, I was having computer issues, then you were having printer issues. They hate us in this building. I don't know why they keep us here. It is, it's actually kind of funny. I do feel like the adopted stepkid that was like the sibling of the kid they really wanted, and they didn't want to split us apart, so they just tolerate us so they can have the kid that they really want. <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. Nothing works. Nothing works. So when you tell somebody, they look at you cross-eyed, and... <laughs> Well, no, remember one person, who, who told us one time when we said the printer wasn't working and they said, well, why don't you just read it off of the computer or your iPad so you don't have to print paper and it's more environmentally environmentally conscious? Yeah, well, why don't you stop eating off plates so you don't have to waste water washing them and just put the food on the floor? <laughs> Jesus. It's just me. And Rick's on edge today already. I well, feel, don't feel good. I know, you know, and, and no, I'm not blaming you at all because when I don't feel good, I don't want to tolerate crap anyway either. So I get when you don't feel good, it's like, I don't want to handle one more thing. I'm just trying to make it through while I don't feel good, and then other things keep happening. I'll be nice to you today. I mean, if it was connected to the network, maybe. But, but it's it's not connected to anything. No, it's not that. It's just it look, it's seriously that doesn't that's an uh that's a consumer printer that we bought somewhere. I don't know. I mean, we didn't open any emails from any Nigerian princes or anything. I don't no. think so. Okay. All right. This uh, this is brought to you by Fair and Fair. I'm sure they don't want to sponsor this newscast this time. No, it's going to be good. You got your stuff in a row. I'm looking at your dogs. I don't, I don't know what up. I got. I have no idea. I'm It'll just be a fun sp- game. All right, let's go back to last week because that was fun. Uh, the debate between DeSantis and Newsom. Um, look, I watched the whole thing finally just because I wasn't feeling well this weekend. So I sat down and actually had to watch what was on the TV because mm-hmm. the remote was blocked by the cat. So I had to leave it on the channel and the debate was on. They were replaying it and I was watching it and I'm like, Jesus, this guy Gavin Newsom, he lied about everything. It was it was the weirdest thing to watch because, and I'm not being like like oh he's just biased. No, watch it yourself. I don't care who what political persuasion you are. Watch it. Even Newsweek came out with a fact checker on him. I think they gave him truth on one, but everything else was false. They would show a graphic about whatever unemployment in California, taxes, uh, price of gas. There was a graphic that had data that came from a third party, whether it be the CDC or the mm-hmm. Treasury Department or whatever. 
saying what the fact was. You know, they could compare Florida prices of gas to California. California was average price is now five dollars and ninety cents for regular. Ours is three seventeen. Gavin, the as the graphic is up on the TV and it came down, they had the shot back to both them. Gavin blurts out, "Well, <laughs> everybody knows we get the lowest prices." I mean, it's like. Dude, they just showed the slide. What are you talking makes about? You seem, makes you seem delusional. Uh, yeah, but that, that's the life they lead. I mean, we, we played you the uh, audio from the video from a few years ago when he wasn't governor. He was running for, he was mayor of San mm-hmm. Francisco. And he apparently took this 19-year-old to a gala event in San Fran. And drinking age in San Francisco is 21. He took an underage girl drinking at an event where the media was. Right. So they videoed, obviously, her drinking. She's underage. And then he gets confronted by this reporter from uh, one of the major networks. It wasn't some, you know, it was local affiliate of ABC News. So it wasn't like Fox News or Newsmax. It wasn't some place that would be threatening to him. So he felt comfortable talking to the guy. And the guy asks him about underage drinking. And Gavin Newsom says to him, oh, yeah, that's a major problem. We really have to work to have to watch our children. And then the guy segues right into it. He goes, well, wait a minute. You just took this 19-year-old to an event where you... Really encouraged underage drinking. And he looks down at his shoes, Gavin does, and just walks away and says some stuff that you can't he's even... He's like, oh, you got me. You had to get me with that one question. You got... And then he acts Nuh-uh. like he's going to walk away, <laughs> and then he turns around like, and another thing, and like, he keeps like going. Like a 12-year-old. Right. Yeah, so anyway, um, let's see here. There was a lot of contradictions, though. It was like every number that Hannity would throw out, he'd be like, no uh yeah. Well, it was the great red state versus the blue state. Now, I got to tell you, I've said this all along. DeSantis won on, on substance. He really did. Everything DeSantis says, pretty much except maybe one thing he exaggerated on, was true. And, you know, they're politicians all, and they're all going to exaggerate it and sometimes lie. Uh, but the thing was is that uh, DeSantis on facts, was he was right on. However, Gavin Newsom... One on charisma. Yeah, charisma points, he definitely... And, and I'm telling you, he is the most dangerous man that can run for the Democrat, uh, for president as the Democrat. He really is dangerous. This guy, you know what he did to California. Mm-hmm. He is a communist. He is tied to every corrupt individual that already is in office or was, like Nancy Pelosi. Isn't he, what, the nephew? Yes. It's her nephew. This guy is bad. Bad news. He is a Trojan horse. I mean, I'm telling just, you, he gets in office, and during the inauguration speech, his stomach will split open, and all these little spiders will come flying ew. out. Yeah, but they'll have Xi Jinping's face on them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Good one. You're right. All I mean, you know, you can't clean up the homeless problem, but Chinese dictator shows up. You got it swept in, like, overnight. Mm, so anyway, man. let's just, real quick, um, let me just play a little bit of it. This is about the taxes, and he said that, oh, everybody knows California has lower taxes. They're the highest ones there is in the country. It's a factual lie that the state of California's high tax has the highest tax rate. But for whom? And it's a foundational and fundamental difference. You look at states like Texas, overwhelming majority of Texans pay more taxes than the state of California. So, again, it's who you're for. And I think those values matter. And I appreciate you bringing up the issue of taxes. How many people leave Florida to go to California because they pay less taxes. Uh, I've not seen that. Are people going to, from Florida to New York because they pay less taxes? Of course not. They come to Florida because they pay lower taxes. We don't even have an income tax, and yet California has a higher sales tax than we do. Think about that. We, don't, we should have a higher sales tax because we have no state income tax. 
We don't pay state income. Everybody kind of gets used to that. That's not normal. Most states take their cut. Most cities, if you live in New York, you look at your paycheck and you wonder why you only get like quarter of it. There's a there's a federal tax, then there's a state tax, and then there's the New York City tax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, think about that. In California, their sales tax is higher than ours, yet we have no income tax, state income tax, but they do. So it's twice as egregious as what he's talking about. Now, here he is on gasoline. California is the only one that oil companies are gouging. Why aren't they doing that to Georgia or Florida or these other states that have lower gas prices? Because of their policies. Yeah, because Gavin Newsom says, oh, the reason the gas prices are so high is those evil oil companies. They're, right. They're profiteering. That's why people are paying more there. Those what Gavin the, Newsom the wants to do, what he's doing in California, what Biden wants to do nationally is government-dictated green energy policies. Uh, they want to kneecap. Uh, fossil fuels and reliable energy. We've already seen what's happened in California. They have rolling blackouts. He actually implemented a mandate to buy to buy electric vehicles. So pretty soon in California, you're not going to be able to buy a normal car, only electric vehicles. And they celebrated that as like a great thing. A couple days later, uh, there was a notice from the state government telling all EV owners, <laughs> do not plug in your EV because they don't have enough grid capacity. <laughs> he is walking his people into a big time disaster. Yeah. And you know what's funny is uh, there's a fact checker on that one that said on Newsweek that said, uh, oh, no, that's not true. And then I started reading it. The reason they said it's not true, what DeSantis says, is because in California, yeah, 2035, you won't be able to buy a new gas car, only a used one. So that oh, for that reason- They fact-checked it. DeSantis is lying. See I mean, they do that? It's like you, you're these, not lying, but you're manipulating it in a way that it makes it look like he's lying. Like, Fact-checkers are scum. <laughs> All right, and the one that put the end to it, and this is this is the story I'm telling you today. This is new stuff. Listen to this one, the poop map. This is a map of San Francisco. There's a lot of plots on that. You may be asking, what is that plotting? Well, this is an app where they plot the human feces that are found on the streets of San Francisco. And you see how almost the whole thing is covered, because that is what has happened in one of the previous greatest cities this country's ever had. Human feces is now a, a fact of life, except when a communist dictator comes to town. Well, then they cleaned up the streets. Exactly. There's everywhere. I saw somebody oh say God. the other day, why did DeSantis do that? Why did he pull out that map? That's so embarrassing. It's like, it should be embarrassing for yeah. Gavin Newsom, not DeSantis. Who said that? I just saw people talking about it. That was so cringy. Where are they? Embarrassing. It was, I was watching people online talk about it and they were saying... I guess they were questioning why you would bring up something well, of that of nature, you, but you have to. Of course you bring that up. You bring it up. Of course you do. Yeah, it's like it's the whole point of like a, a government in the first place, so you don't have people Correct. pooping all over the streets. Correct. It's like the only function they may or may not provide. And California is just the worst between that and needles on the street and providing them with places to do needles and encampments and all kinds of stuff like that. You have That's the stuff you have to talk about, because if this guy's going to run for president, you have to highlight that stuff to say, do you want this coming to a town near you? Do you want this to be the whole country? But that's my point exactly. These people that you're talking about mm-hmm. right now, they're going to vote for him if I he know. runs for president and they don't care that there's poop. Just don't tell anybody. Then it'll be okay. No, until you step in some crap. Right. Because that's, well, that's what you get a lot these days is out of sight, out of mind until it comes to my city. Look at the immigrants. Oh, no, let them come over here. They're seeking refuge. Martha's Vineyard. I mean, we didn't mean here. <laughs> if you just put them other places, that'd be great. Oh, how many times did we have it during the whole BLM thing? Yeah. Every celebrity's out there going, Black Lives Matter. And then they're doing a par- protest in their front yard, burning stuff down. They're like, 
No, I mean, it doesn't mean like here. Could you guys go away? All right, so here's the story today. 90 minutes into the interview. By the way, this is according to NBC News, so it's not like... it's. I always have to say that because I know exactly what happens when I get an email. Are you just a Fox News idiot? Okay, fine. 90 minutes into the interview, according to NBC News, Gavin Newsom's wife said, stop, call it off, shut it down. You look like a boob. Exactly. He was doing so badly that his wife literally had a throw in the towel for him. Andrew Romeo, communications director for the DeSantis campaign, told the uh, DCNF it was embarrassing. NBC News said and confirmed that staffers saw that his wife was very agitated and they mutually agreed to close it down. Wow. Now, he, I guess she, you know, all she's thinking is, oh, my God, he's going to lose all the money. <laughs> and uh, Trump, this is, I don't know if it's Trump's people or not, but uh, Trump's people made a parody using AI of the debates. This, oh, God. Oh, this no. is, I'm telling you, AI is really scary. Remember, what I'm going to play you right now is Sean Hannity's voice, but it's not Sean Hannity. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense to most people? Right? That's what AI does. Here it is. All right, welcome back to debates that nobody really gives a shit about. I'm your host, Sean Hannity, and tonight we have the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, and Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. Let's begin. Have you ever betrayed the greatest president to ever live, President Donald J. Trump? No. Uh, What kind of question is that? What the hell? Very simple question, but let's try the next one. Are you a short, insecure little man that likes to wear lifts inside your cowboy boots? Yes or no answer, please? Nope. You know what? My wife bought me those lifts, and I happen to like them, okay? He's even using a stepping stool. I can see it from over here. Governor, we clearly said no step stools. You either get off of it, or you're leaving the stage right now. And in the video, you see DeSantis get shorter, then shorter, then shorter. And all of a sudden, he's below the podium, and then he crawls out, and he wobbles off the stage. Stop. And it's all AI. That's all made up. That's terrifying. Isn't it? Because you could have world leaders coming and telling you things that aren't true. And think of how dumb our population is already. They see stuff like this mm-hmm. and they think it's real. They buy everything. You know, I saw one on a more superficial level. I saw, you know how Kelly Clarkson's lost a ton of weight lately? Mm-hmm. I've seen so many videos of her. She had to come out and be like, that's not me. It's a video of her. And she's like, hey y'all, I just wanted to tell y'all how I lost weight and it's by drinking this tea over here. And people are hawking their own products using AI Kelly Clarkson saying that that's how she lost the weight and wow. none of it's true. And you oh, can like man. see her mouth. It, some of them are bad. It's remember when Conan O'Brien would roll out the TV and do the Bob Dole skit with the mouth. Yeah. Some of them look like that. They look really terrible. And then some of them are really good. And I thought, wow, AI is a terrifying, terrifying thing. I mean, yeah. If you don't know any better, how many people would buy? I mean, if it yeah. wasn't for how you know obviously outlandish it was, people might buy that. Yeah. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling. We're in a scary time right now. Real spooky. All right, so in uh, Texas, the Texas Attorney General, Mr. Paxton, is suing Pfizer for attempted censorship, misrepresenting COVID-19 vaccines as well. Here's what happened. Thursday, he filed a lawsuit against the pharmaceutical company Pfizer, alleging that the company misrepresented the effectiveness of its widely administered COVID-19 vaccine. In his announcement, Paxton accused Pfizer of violating the Texas Deceptive Trade Practices Act by making false, deceptive, and misleading acts and claims and practices by making unsupported claims regarding the vaccine. 
The lawsuit alleges that Pfizer gave the impression its vaccine would end the COVID-19 pandemic, number one. The company's claim of its shot being 95% effective is number two. Paxson's lawsuit claims these results were achieved in a technical and artificial way. (gasps) Pfizer's response was that, hey, internally, we documented that this, what we didn't doc, internally, we documented that it's 95%, uh, I'm sorry. Internally, we uh, there's no document that says it was 95% uh, effective. Internally. That means the documents you and I don't see. But in public, as you know... They when say they, that. They say that. They said it a million times. So that's why he's suing them. Okay. And uh, Pfizer says the uh, internal documentation never made it out. So uh, they're going to use that as their defense. Major corporations that have all kinds of other interests besides their media uh, division... And what kind of attributes are awarded to major corporations? People who avoid controversy, who avoid conflict. So everybody that was on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and anybody who argued about the COVID-19's efficacy was thrown off of those platforms or blocked or something like that or ridiculed. Oh, yeah. It was pure censorship. Lost their jobs. Uh Uh, Military people lost their jobs. People were fired in New York in droves. 4,000 nurses lost their job because they wouldn't take the vaccine based on thinking that the vaccine's efficacy wasn't true. So this is a big-ass lawsuit. Huge. It even says on the documents they filed, big Big ass lawsuit. It's a whole stamp just for it. And here's uh, Glenn Greenwald, the founder of Intercept with more. Who avoid displeasing and angering powerful people. That's the corporate ethos. And the corporatization of media meant that that kind of attribute was imported into journalism. And that's why no one almost who works for large media corporations or the media corporations themselves has the courage to say this. You see, they all knew it didn't work. But what he's saying right there, he's the founder of The Intercept. He quit The Intercept because he discovered the Hunter Biden laptop story before The New York Post printed it. And he wanted, it's his, he found the site, The Intercept, the news site. The people that run The Intercept after he sold portions of it wouldn't allow his story to be put on The Intercept about Hunter Biden's laptop. He quit over that. But he says these companies don't care a rip about you. And what they Mm. do is they don't even hire real journalists to work anymore because real journalists, Uh. people who are passionate about journalism, want to tell you the truth. There's still people out there like Mm -hmm. that. These companies, and this is like a little website, get out there and they hire non-journalists to lie for them or omit the truth. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's talking about, Glenn Greenwald. That includes all the companies. That includes television. We watch the local news here. You mention it all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's something. It's all lies. Everything with COVID has been a lie so far. We were told to wear a f- mask <laughs> because it'll keep you safe. Lie. Then we were told to take a drug because it'll keep you from getting something. Lie. We were told to take a drug because it'll keep you from passing something on. Lie. We were told that if you took this drug, you wouldn't f- die from what you were taking the drug for. Lie. Then we were told it was safe and effective. Lie. All the same people are telling the same lies. When the are you going to wake up? Now, they're not just lying to you. They're telling you that you can't speak the truth. That if you speak the truth, you're a threat to national security. If you speak the truth, you're a threat to the nation. Are you done yet? The liars are not not only lying, but now they're telling you, you can't speak the truth. Mm. When are you going to wake the up and take to the streets uh, tomorrow i like that guy he's got a whole uh podcast yep oh is that uh what's his face the kramer guy i don't know kramer he's got the gray hair 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm... All right, we got to have one. We have one every day. Get them all, lock them up, lock them up, get them all, get them all, lock them up, perverts. Criminals, lock them up, lock them up, criminals, lock them up, get them all, perverts. Chris Hansen with Dateline NBC. Substitute teacher at Polk County Charter School was booked in a jail Thursday accused of using Snapchat to send explicit videos of himself to two teen students. Oh. Jaron Dunn, 33 of uh, Lakeland, faces charges of sex offense on a student by an authority figure and transmission of material harmful to minors. It's funny, you know, when we bring up these law, the, these things like this, it's harmful to minors. But mm-hmm. the pornography in the library, no, that's an instructional book. I'm out of breath because I can't agree with you more because it's so ridiculous. Dunn was working as a, they should have given him a medal. Dunn was working as a substitute English teacher at New Beginnings High School when two female students ages 17 and 18 told their guidance counselor that he had sent them both videos on Snapchat of himself playing with himself. Oh. Yeah, I mean, really, you can just pick up a book at any of our 50 states at an elementary school library and find that right there. Do you want to know that during the debate, did you catch this part? No. Between Newsom and DeSantis, Newsom obviously had to go on the fact of, well, you're canceling all the books and you don't want people to read books and blah, blah, blah. And DeSantis was like, really? Are you okay with this? And DeSantis pulls out a book. Oh, did he? Opens Mm -hmm. it to a page with a cartoon and a very explicit sexually explicit cartoon and was like, you cool with this being in elementary schools? And he's like, wow, well, they don't have to look at that stuff. Like, it was <laughs> the most ridiculous answer. It's a terrible argument. They don't have to. Yeah, it was kind of like, well, the you know, you go, they go into Barnes and Nobles all the time. There's stuff like that in there. It yeah, was but kinda, the school's not providing it at Barnes and Noble. His argument was so ridiculous. And I don't know if he named Barnes and Nobles exactly, but that was like where he was going with it. it was like, well, there's explicit books everywhere. It's just up to them to, it's like, no, but this is their school library. Wow. Finally, nearly half a foot of snow fell at the Moana Key Weather Center in Hawaii Island. Wait, what? Yep. Uh, throughout the day on Thursday, meteorologists shared photos and videos of the snowfall across social media. The images shocked many people who are just lovers of climate change and globe global blah. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, they'd never seen snow, some of them. So they were, I remember when it snowed here in Altamont in 1980-something. I was, I was in driving, the pool on Saturday. Oh. I was driving down eight, uh, 436 and all of a sudden by Altamont Mall and it started snowing. Wow. Everybody stopped and got out of their cars. Everybody was doing a little thing with the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not uncommon to see snow in Hawaii. It's happened before on the volcano peaks, never in the city, and this time it snowed in the city. Wow. Yeah, 14,000 feet, of course, uh, in the mountain volcano, there's a lot more snow. But yeah, they had snow. And now your, wait a second, this can't be right, forecast from the Weather Channel. Look for a high chance of me freaking out because apparently it's snowing in Hawaii. This can't be right. Chance of me building an emergency bunker because clearly the apocalypse is upon us because, again, it's snowing in Hawaii 100%. A high pressure system as in I'm under a lot of pressure because I'm totally freaking out about the snow in Hawaii. We'll be moving in now. Oh man, this can't be happening. This has been the wait a second, this can't be right forecast from the Weather Channel. The Sunny Update. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Jill and Smokestack having fun with the world gone crazy. Crazy talk brought to you by All Electric Services. So um, you're probably already sick about hearing from the Golden Bachelor. The Golden Shower Guy. But this scandal broke wide open like a soft-boiled egg, and I just have to get to the now, bottom of it. Do you think, another thought I had over the weekend about this, because I've been looking at this, because I just, I, I told you so. So anyway, do you think that this was orchestrated this way? Well, I don't know if it was orchestrated this way, or if it was just a happy accident for the for the show to get ratings, because it just happened to unfold. If you don't know what we're talking about, The Golden Bachelor is where the older guy, Gary, dates, it's just like Bachelor, okay. but it's older. But what did Jill say about the guy before any of this controversy happened? I fell for it too, I'll admit it, because any Anybody that watched it, he has this calm, demure, very sweet, very calm, thoughtful. You think he's like a really kind guy, right? Yeah, clean. And you go through the whole show, through the whole show. Godlike. I was like, God, he's so sweet. I, well, would Jesus this, wear? He says every morning in the mirror. He doesn't say that, but okay. don't, don't you got to got to stick to the facts. It's better with the facts. So then we find out the story the other day. His wife passed away, if you don't know the story, suddenly, right? So he hasn't hasn't had someone, according to him, in, his wife died six years ago. And he hasn't dated since he started dating his wife at the very beginning. He's like, well, I haven't courted anyone in 45 years. But courted? Well, he said that? Yes. Courted. Well, you know, it's older generation. They say more no, proper no, words. No, no, no. Even my dad, who was 900 years old, didn't say courted. Well, he was Cuban. That's different. So listen, you're getting off track. Let me let me go. You do this all the time. Well, what color shirt was he wearing? Well, why did he tuck it in? I need to know why he tucked it Fine. in. Fine. I'm adding color here. Go. Okay. Um, so there was a lie in there that people didn't realize. Well, there's a couple lies. The first one was, yes, he did date someone since his wife died. He actually started dating someone a month after his wife died. Oh, he was offshore drilling right away. He was with her for about three years. This is the one that he told was too fat to take to his high school reunion. <laughs> so he broke up with her, even though she says she only dated, she only gained about 10 pounds. Mm-hmm. Then in the midst of, I guess, her getting upset during the breakup and she was trying to pack her stuff and leave the house. They leave together. She falls down the stairs, breaks her foot. He doesn't let her stay while she heals. He throws her into a hotel. So he's a liar and and a dick. So he apparently, this all came out because the finale of The Golden Bachelor was last week. Gary had picked Teresa over Leslie. I'm going to get to Leslie in a second. Uh But him and Teresa were on because, you know, after you win The Bachelor, they go on all the talk shows and they're like, they're engaged and here's the happy couple and they go on everything. They don't do any of that. I mean, they do that, but they don't, there's no, there's no. It's not real. There's no afterlife. Right. But I'm saying after these finales, they go on, you'll see them on every single talk show. Yeah. Starting the morning after. So he was on with Katie Couric. That's just Okay. Just try to get past it. Because I knew you were going to have a comment about her. Ah, Katie Kirk, let me talk about her for an hour. What a loser. 
So he wants to address these rumors about dating someone right after his wife died. So here's how this all went. I would say this. Um, I dated a number of women. So, you know, the, then it becomes a, an issue of how do you define if you're in a relationship or not? Um, I guess like any guy, I had a number of dates and it was one or two. What are you, Katanji Brown? I mean, as long as I didn't pull it out, I feel like I'm... <laughs> I'm okay, right? Right. So, so then he sidesteps a question about how many years they dated. Well, it, it, it really didn't. But, you know, again, I want to focus on what's going on now. Um, you know, the important thing for me right now is, is where I'm at today. And looking back on those things, to me, is no benefit. Yeah, see, the important thing is to focus on the big check I'm getting from the TV producers. And, and that's what I'm really How doesn't he on. run for Congress? He's perfect. And then they go on to ask Teresa, who's the girl he told, something very, I don't want to say unethical because people do it all the time. I'll tell you the way he broke up with the other girl in a second, but I think after seeing that on the show, and then he picks Teresa, who he's now engaged to, so obviously they want to ask her, do you trust him? We've had so many discussions, and I, I, he's discussed his past with me, and so I did not feel that way. I completely trust Gary, and we, we really know each other. We've shared yeah, yeah. past stories. Oh, where was Katie Couric in all this? Did she ask any questions that mattered? Like, like, wait a minute, hold on, back up. Now you're telling me you dated more women? You lied about that too? The amount of women you dated? Well, where, the, where was that? The first question, well, I cut her out of it. because I, No, I know. But the first question she asked, that's what she said, was so how do you respond to, you know, the audio they show you on the show saying, well, I haven't dated in X number of years. And then this article comes out that you, in fact, have dated. What do you have to say to that? And that was his answer. He's like, oh, I don't really want to focus on that. I'd want to. F- and how many years? And what's to say we're dating? And typical, like, what people say. Well, what's to just- say we're, I can't define a date. Well, that's the route he went, which I know a lot of people do to get out of stuff. Well, we weren't exclusive, or yeah, I went on a couple dates, but we were casually dating. So that doesn't mean she's my girlfriend. We're yeah. just staring at her through the window. So now we got to go back to Leslie because Rick made a comment earlier and he's like, who's that other lady? She's so bitter. Let me explain to you why. And you can tell me if you agree or not. Sure. So I hadn't seen it yet. Yesterday, I knew I was going to do this story today, so I made myself watch clips of it last night because I wanted to know what I was talking about. I wanted to kind of like see what happened. So usually with The Bachelor, you have the two finals, finalists or whatever you want to call them, that come out. And usually you don't know as the person, like they walk out of the platform as it's all set up as if like a proposal is going to take place. And he proposes to one and he breaks up with the other and they happen at two separate times. Well, this didn't happen that way. He actually went into Leslie's room. This was the other lady. Right. And she could tell he was acting weird. He wears his, you can't, he can't hide anything. It's very obvious when he doesn't feel something. So she's, you could, you could see her talking to cameramen going, it's weird because in a 12 hour span, this is going to make you hate him more. In a 12 hour span, he went from telling her, you're the one, and you'll hear the audio in a second. He tells her, you're the one. Really? I'm in love with you. You're the one. He says this to her. So she's a hundred percent. She went out and bought a wedding dress and everything because she Get was that. Out. She was that wow. confident that it was her because he told her that. Well, the producers told him to say that. So she then, went to buy a dress though. Like, yeah. come on, lady. Come. So then he comes to her room and he's like, "Sorry, I'm in love with the other girl," and she is just not happy about it. Listen to how it went down. I have fallen in love with Teresa, and that's the direction I'm going to take. So everything you told me the other night was a lie. No, it wasn't a lie. Yeah, it was. 
Everything you told me the other night was a lie. Everything you told me the other night was a complete and utter lie. Leslie, can I just stop for a second? These people are actors. It was an untruth. It's different. All right, you want me to play the rest of it? Yeah, because you got to hear what she says to him. Because I don't know if you know, when they do The Bachelor, it's kind of annoying. At the end, they have what's called the live finale. So they have a whole studio audience with Jesse Palmer, who's the host. They have people that have been on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette before, people that are going to be the upcoming Bachelor. But they do they, they, they use this as a whole press kit. And none of right? the people in the audience have tomatoes? Because no, that would be really fun. But then they bring out Jerry, <laughs> and then they bring out the girl he broke up with, and then the fiance comes out. It's like a whole Jerry Springer thing, right? So here he is, in a little bit, you'll hear him and the girl he broke up with on stage and what she has to say to him. Leslie's shock comes not long after she and Gary spent time in the fantasy suite and he told her I think you're the one. I think you're that one. But still, Leslie was able to get some closure. I was blindsided because I wasn't sure how it changed. It didn't really go wrong, Leslie. It, It just, it was better with someone else. I'll never forgive myself for the pain that I have caused along the way. But in my own imperfect way, I couldn't find another way of doing it more graciously. And I am so sorry. I don't know if I accept your apology, but I understand it. Oh, this is such a pile. What a pile oh, of crap, man. not accept my apology. Here's what gets me. I'll regret me. this for the rest of my life, telling you later, toots. Here, no, here's the rusty knife in my side. It wasn't that you did anything wrong. It was just better with someone else. I know. My yeah, mouth see? dropped open. I was like, what? You were doing it like this, and you didn't do enough of the hand motion that I like, and... <laughs> Oh my God! This it's just he comes a, off so like, oh well, I care. Meanwhile, he's oh, all. Yeah, I do a lot of sweethearts. Oh, sweetheart! Yeah. Wow. I just through the whole. You know how awkward it is when people are breaking up. And have you ever watched somebody in public break up? If you ever, it's unfortunate if you have. But oh, if you're it's at a awkward. Restaurant, I stare too much. It is one's cry, one's always more upset than the other. One's hysterical crying and the other one's sitting there like, oh. when can I go? You know? So that's, that's kind of how I felt watching them. She's crying and he's like, how long do I have to sit here before I can leave? It was just awkward <laughs> but and weird. All, but it's all painful to listen to because they sound like they're all from a soap opera. It no, sounds like acting. Here's the thing, though. It is acting. This is more calming than when the younger people do The Bachelor. When the younger people oh, do yeah, The Bachelor, yeah. there's too many likes. What'd you say? Like, I like didn't like feel seen by you and like I felt like heard but not like seen, you know? Like, what you get, you know? What I mean? They're just not as good of liars as this guy. Oh, it's so bad. This guy's so had bad. a few more years on the planet to perfect his, no, no, it's really you. Just kidding. You know why I joined The Bachelor? The wild women, the wild women, <laughs> the ripping and the terrorists. The ripping and the terrorists. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, let's find out how honest you are. You ready? Yeah. Um, a new poll asked people what they would do if they found $1,000 on the ground. Cash? <laughs> Cash. Me, it, it doesn't say. Well, it just I mean, says it's a, a big thousand. I would assume cash. I mean, right, what are you going to have? Are you going to have a okay. gold doubloons? No. Um, you know, it could be a check. It could be a- is it in a container, like a duffel bag that's got dye all over it, or okay. is it like in a wallet? I, I really don't have the energy for this today. Oh. Do we have to- Okay, $1,000 <laughs> cash. Let's say it's in a rubber band. All right, it's just that cash. sounds good. All right. $1,000 cash on the ground. You, it's in a stack. Could have fallen out of a robbery bag. Could have fallen out of drug deals. Just stacked. Right? Let's do, let's go with what Smoke says. A stack. It's a stack. It's one thousand. It's a thousand. It's a stack of singles. What is it? I don't it? know. I don't I mean, know. There what? Are hundreds. That's only ten. Yeah, no, it's not a stack. That's like a little. Jill's having it. God, if you're not let's finished with my Christmas make, list, okay. could I have a new job? Let's see the vein pops in her forehead. Thousand dollars. Well, I mean, really, a stack of thousand dollars is like you got to have at least fives. 
Tens? Tens, maybe. Let's say it's ones for argument's okay. sake. Okay. Okay. Go for it. Ooh. Let's just say it's ones. So and it's I can't on the fit ground. It in my pocket, then. Right. Are you returning it? Are you bringing it to the cops? Or are you pocketing it? Uh, returning it to I? who? Like maybe I don't know. Like to the would you bring it to the police station and go? I found a thousand dollars. No, that's the second part. Is is it in the bank parking lot or do I find it like near a retention pond? That's a good question. But these are good questions. I don't know. This is the, let's see this thing right here. Look, I'm going to show you. See this little thing? See this yeah. little piece of paper? Oh, this little. is the extent of the knowledge that I have on the poll. Radio prep sheet number two. Okay, yeah. let's see here. Oh, it's a parking okay, it's in a parking lot, Smoke. Found okay. in a parking lot. They're not going to find the rightful owner. Ask them thousands of other. Um, thousand bucks, huh? Hmm. I suppose I take half of it, put it in my wallet, and I take the other half and I give it to the guy ringing the bell outside the Walmart. As a good karma show. Because here's the thing. What I'm getting good at move. here is they're saying that people won't have a problem keeping the money if it's under a certain amount. Like if they're walking and they find a $10 bill or a $20 bill, they don't feel no. guilty about picking it up and putting it in their pocket. Of course not. However, if it's $1,000, people seem to change their tune a little bit saying... This obviously wasn't somebody took out their wallet and it fell out and it's crumpled on the ground. This is something that was meant for something else. Obviously, it doesn't belong to me. Huh. So then what would you do? I mean, you find $10 in Ecuador, that's a whole house. <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> that's true. I mean, you're not going to do a full-blown investigation, make a little effort maybe, you know, uh, but, you know. I'll look around and let out a concerned moan like, anybody? <laughs> <laughs> but what'll happen in this case, knowing the world we live in, is you'll actually go into the store. It, maybe it fell in front of a store. You'll go in and go, hey, did anybody uh, drop this? And they'll... Uh, three of them will go, yeah, 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 we did. And yeah, take it from you. punch you and take it. <laughs> or, or they'll do it a little more discreetly because, look, an old guy that I used to work with in radio always says, no good deed goes unpunished. Right. So you think you're doing the great thing. You right. go in and they go, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'll ask around. You leave, they pocket the money. Of course. And yeah. so it's like, you did this good thing, but it could have been you. You could have probably could have kept it. Yeah. yeah, I found a, uh, well, I had a buddy that had some of the prop movie money. We were at a concert and we were drunk. But he, he, he goes, watch this. He'd go over by the beer tent, he'd pick it up, be like, anybody drop this? And people be like, oh, yeah, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Wow. Watch a bunch of people try to claim a fake $100 bill that wasn't theirs. <laughs> you should have really? given it to him, see him spend it oh, and no, get arrested. Did, yeah. <laughs> That's, isn't that something? Yeah. You know, but I always like the stories when someone, because if you've ever lost your whole wallet, it's such a panic. Oh. And for me, it's not, I never have any money in it, but it's having to replace your stuff. Well, that's the thing. It's not the cash, because I never really carry cash. It's going to the DMV, canceling my credit cards, things like that, that just are such an inconvenience and, and it's frustrating. And then once you do those, you find it in the couch cushions? That happened to me. I told you about my license. I lost my yeah. license. I couldn't find it. I didn't know where it was. I went through sheer panic. And you know me, I don't like to procrastinate. So I, like, I looked for it for a good hour. And then I'm like, <laughs> the well, whole like, hour? Yeah. <laughs> No, I did. I, I went through pockets. I looked. I went in my car. I called. I called every business I'd been to, grocery stores, everything for the past week. Made the phone call. Took the time. Put in the effort. So then finally, I just said, "Okay, well, I guess I lost it." So I go online to the DMV and I order a new license. Went through the whole thing. Paid forty-five bucks. Then later on, I'm t mentioning it to my mom. Hey, I uh, I can't find my license. I lost it. I had, uh, I had to get another one. She's like. Didn't you take it out of your wallet? Wasn't it raining the other day and you had to check Elliot out of school early and you just pulled it out of your wallet and shoved it in your sweatpants pocket? And I was like, <clears> I go to the washer machine, I pull out those wet sweatpants, and there's my ID. You couldn't be patient. Wait what? at least 24 hours. You had to order it now. What is that little trick of the universe? It's like... You, as soon as you you lose something and you don't find it until you replace it, I know. And as soon as you replace it, it's like within an hour. I'm, you got I'm, it. I'm uh, I'm still at a loss as to where my four hundred dollar uh, car key is. 
Keep bobs because you haven't no. bought another one yet. Because I haven't bought another one. As soon as I pluck down that money, it'll just appear. Cobwebs it'll fall on it. out of the sky. <laughs> Hit me on the head. Ow! Yeah, it never rains if you bring your if if you uh, bring your umbrella. Okay, question. Either of you, do either of you have a Christmas tree up in your house yet? No, I did that yesterday, and it looks fabulous. Yay! That's awesome. He's so I'm domest- still peeling sap off myself. He's but- so domesticated. Oh, you got now. a real one. Oh yeah, I know. Oh, God. Uh, Next thing you know, he's going to be wearing a bow tie to work. By the way, <laughs> I have to tell you, you making this. Making craft cocktails later. Smoke and and girlfriend smoke came over Saturday night. She was the biggest hit of the party. My parents love her. I think they want her for their own. Yeah, she's very fun. She is. She well, was- I don't take her anywhere. It makes me look stupid. <laughs> Smoke was a big hit, too, because my husband calls Smokestack by his real name, and I always call him Smokestack. And so, because Harold and him have been friends for years, and so they're chatting, and then he'd walk away, and they'd be like, who's that guy? I'm like, that's Smokestack. And they're like, that's Smokestack? Oh, my God. He's so tall. He's so thin. He's got long hair. He's so different than I pictured him. Is he going to fall off the balcony? Should someone (laughs) grab him? Your dad was plying me with jello shots like no tomorrow. He'd send people out on the patio just to make sure I was drinking. Your dad? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> He's just having fun. What are you insulting me? Let's see if he yeah, falls so. off now. Five dollars. <laughs> what's, what's your mom's name? Rita. Five dollars, Rita, and he falls off the patio right now. Here. Oh, not yet. All right, let's see. Give him another shot. Give him eight jello sure. shots. He's gonna any minute now. <laughs> look, he's teetering. He's teetering. Rita, look, look. Somebody just walked by him and nudge him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It happens. I got a high center. Of Send Elliot out there. Maybe he can like cough on him and fall on him. <laughs> So you don't have your tree up, no? No. Are you not doing one this year? I don't know. Just my wife's not in the mood. Okay. <laughs> Rick's got no, because a, the you, grandkids aren't here, so it's like they're just taking the revenge out on the universe. I don't know. Yeah, do Rick's got a light bulb set on top of uh, the grandkid, palm frond. The grandkids are with the communists, so. Do you want, I mean, in this studio alone, no, I don't we, want have, the tree. we have three decorated trees. You can <laughs> no. just put one in your car like I the Grinch. Want, no, I don't want any of those. What about this little old school aluminum one? It looks sharp. I'll be Okay. All right. Well, yesterday was the best day to put up your tree. So Smokestack did it right. I don't know if it was the best day. I had to fight a bunch of other people. Did you put up a tree before you got a girlfriend? No. no. Oh, I mean, I'm well, telling you, man. I had a little one, but he's, that was one that you pull out of the box every year. You just kind of mush it. And one day he's coming in here in Dockers, no socks, little loafers made out of leather with the tassels and a bow tie. Oh. It's no, gonna he be won't all over. because I she's not like that. that. She, no, she's working on him. Yeah, she's not like that. No, she's pretty artsy and, and flowy herself like is he she? is. Yeah, so she, I can't see that happening. But if you do have an artifact, because you got a real tree, right, Smoke? Yeah, yeah, that was a non-argument. Okay, so uh, if you put up a fake tree, say you have your fake tree and you put it away, I always... I, I, if you wrap it, depending on how you store it, mine's always fine, and I've never done this, but this lady is baffling people on the internet because every time she takes her fake tree out of the box, she washes it in the bathtub before she puts it up. <laughs> you what? So she... <laughs> remember the story? It's also the kind that's pretty lit, too. <laughs> really? Yeah, so she... Why? She wants to get, uh, I guess, dust and bacteria off of it. I don't know if she just takes she the She's wearing a mask tree. in the car by herself? Some people will take the whole tree and just put it like that, standing up, all decorated, which to me, I think is smart. You don't have to take anything off of it and just shove it in the attic. Well, yeah. depending on how secure your attic is, you could have little creepy crawlies oh, in there. Yeah. I like bugs. to dunk mine in the pool first. So she, No, she puts the whole thing. It's not even like she takes it outside and hoses it off. She takes the whole thing and completely submerges it in her bathtub. Wow. 
It's strange. Oh, that is very strange. It's that time of year again. All right, time to decorate the Christmas tree. But first, it's shower time. And there's no better tree shampoo than Tree and Shoulders. Yes, Tree and Shoulders shampoo will give your Christmas tree that shine and glow it needs before you start decorating. Decorating the tree is a family tradition. And so is giving the tree a shower. Cleaning it, scrubbing it, making sure it's clean. And Tree and Shoulders is great. Because we wash our tree. We give it a shower. That's normal, right? Totally normal. The tree must be clean. Tree and shoulder shampoo. All right, the tree's been given a shower. Time to... No, it must be cleaner. In stores now. (laughs) I know, it's crazy, right? Crazy talk. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Update brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. John Fetterman is a senator. He ran for Senate in Pennsylvania. He's a Democrat. Um, His wife is a communist. They're both pretty communist. And, um... You know, he uh, won because he wears a hoodie, shorts, and gym shoes. Oh, he's got my vote. And that's it. And I'm t- this is this relates back to what I'm telling you about Gavin Newsom. He's very dangerous because people, a lot of people, not necessarily, and if you listen to this show, I know you're not going to vote for him, but uh, p- there's other people out there, a ton of them, that will vote for Gavin Newsom as president simply because of the way he looks and acts. And, and when I say acting, I mean he's acting. He could be, com- he is, he's completely full of crap. But the thing is, people will buy it because he's so good at it. He's handsome. He wears the right suit. The collar's open. No tie because he's working so hard for people. Anyway, same thing with Fetterman. He relates to the people of Pennsylvania, the blue-collar people who dress just like him. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. John Fetterman had a stroke during the campaign. And his greedy wife and all the greedy friends around him who would enrich themselves if he became senator pushed him after he had the stroke to keep campaigning. You're supposed to rest for like three to six months, maybe even a year, so you can recover from a stroke. I know personally people in my family who've had strokes, and I know how long it takes. They didn't do that. They pushed him and pushed him. They needed him to be there. So he got elected. For the first few months of him being in office, it was just a body showing up because he was like just... You know, well, that's the thing. Depending on where that is in your brain, like you have to relearn the stuff that is stored in that area of the brain where it happens. Now, you've heard of people that um, you know have near-death experiences or go into a coma and wake up with a French accent, or they can yes. speak French. We have heard about that. Yeah, or they can play piano. Yeah, never did in their life. Never touched a piano. That's weird. Well, that's what I'm. I'm thinking Fetterman. Because of his stroke, has rec- he's recovering. You can hear him put complete senses together. And uh, he's beginning to sound like a Republican. I'm thinking, what happened here? Maybe it was the stroke. So we have Bob Menendez, senator from New Jersey, corrupt as the day and night is dark. I mean, mm-hmm. corrupt, corrupt. This is the second time he's been charged with serious crimes. No, this is the guy with the gold Kruger ants in his vest? Yeah, he had the $400,000 worth of cash in his jackets that said uh, Menendez on the back in his closet in his house. His wife kills somebody with the Mercedes she got from an, uh, uh, one of his crooked uh, business partners. He tried to influence uh, 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 a judge, or I believe it was a lawyer, um, for his friends in, was it what country was it, Egypt? Egypt. Uh, yeah, Egypt. Yeah, yeah, because he was trying to get their products into the United States, and, he, and no, it was total corruption, right? Um, he's still... A senator. He's still acting as a senator. He's still voting on issues and stuff like that. This guy Santos, who I paid no attention to because from the get-go, once I saw him dressed as a 
bears. He was dressed as some clown and at some party, and I heard all the stuff. He was the guy is awful. He's just a jerk. But he's seems a, open and shut. He's a funny guy. He's a funny idiot. He's just an idiot. And uh, he's been uh, totally dismissed from Congress. He's a Republican. He was thrown out, and rightfully so. Fetterman was asked about this on The View. Democrat, Fetterman, right? Communist, right? Live you have to, but always make your own fellow Democrats look good. He says this. They ask him about George Santos because, you know, Behar wants, hooray, uh-huh. another Republican gone. Mm-hmm. That means we're getting closer to having control. So here we go. Well, it's like uh, I'm not surprised. But but to me, I think the, the more important picture is, is that we have a colleague in, in the Senate that actually did much more sinister and, and serious kinds of things. Uh, Senator Menendez, uh, he needs to go. Um, and if you are going to expel Santos, how can you? allowed to somebody like Menendez to remain in the Senate. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Santos's kind of lies were almost, you know, funny. And, like, you know, he, you know, landed on the moon and a guy kind of stuff. He has a fake uh, a bowling, no, fake, uh, he had a career he made up. What was it? Uh, volleyball career. Yeah, he was a volleyball hero. But He's like, uh, no one will check this. Joy Behar sitting there. I think her jaw hit the bottom of the desk and broke it. How could you? He's a Democrat. You're supposed to say nice things about Democrats. Yeah, she pulls out the Democrat handbook and looks, and they're just like, no, it doesn't say that in here. What are we, what are you, how are you doing? It's against the rules. And they went into North Gaza with some. No, it's not in. So anyway, Fetterman goes on to say this about uh, Menendez from New Jersey. Here we go. Uh, whereas, whereas, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, Menendez, I think, is really a senator for Egypt, you know, not New Jersey. Uh, so I, 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 I really think he needs to go. And uh, especially it's kind of strange that if Santos uh, is not allowed to remain in the House, you know, someone like that. Yeah. Are you, though, uncomfortable with the fact that there hasn't been an adjudication that while he's been charged, there hasn't been a conviction? Menendez. With Menendez. So now they're trying to defend the guy who really did some major Major crime as opposed to a clown who's just made up stories and was, you know, doing all kinds of weird sex with people and stuff. They're trying to make Menendez look, well, he hasn't been charged. He had gold bars in his house. He was implicated, not convicted. How they talk to Fetterman almost like he's a child, though. Well, now they are, too, because now they, they've they turned to condescension. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I am. I, I am. And it's like he has the right uh, to for his, his day in court and all that. But he doesn't have the right to to have those kind of votes and things that uh, yeah. that's not that's not a right. Yeah. I just look outside quick. You see that? <laughs> it's a it's a pig. It's flying. <laughs> he's uh. that's the most coherent. I've heard him. No, yeah. no, he's, he seems to be recovering Good from, from his stroke, but he also seems to be turning into a Republican. <laughs> wow. They must have just, after that show, was like, oh, never yeah. invite him on here again. His wife can come, but not him. Oh, his wife is special. She's man. the worst. Yeah, wow. How could you? Do we have to tell that story real quick again? What, with the pool? Yeah. <laughs> nah, it's okay. You can look it up. <clears throat> all right. So, um, here's why we're all going to get killed. I'm glad you tuned in. <laughs> oh, good. Happy Monday. You see, the rest of the world is playing serious. Tucker Carlson did a whole speech on this. I don't have it today. Maybe I'll play it tomorrow. But the whole world is getting very serious. The things are getting really serious. And we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs and playing make-believe in our little dollhouse. Yeah. You see, the Chinese, and I've said this a million times, they're patient, they're methodical, and so are some of these other regimes that don't like us, but the Chinese especially. 
they plan long term. They are in it for the long game, for the long haul. You get what I'm saying? Um, they don't just do things haphazardly. They are engineering, manipulating the world in their favor. They've done it for hundreds of years. And now they're doing it again, and we're sitting here worrying about which pronouns to use and making sure our kids have access to books about queer theory. Mm-hmm. In China, as we speak right now, beginning today, kindergarten students will attend boot camps that feature combat training for boys and girls with a wide variety of toy weapons, including knives, grenades, rifles, shoulder-fired missiles, and require the children to adopt military behavior such as saluting. The school's social media posts show that the rise in the militarization of Chinese youth appears to follow a 2019 Chinese Communist Party Central Committee push for increased national defense education. That's what they're calling it. That doesn't seem so bad. Yeah, but 10 years from now. So their children are being trained. I mean, in Russia, which is a drunk country, you saw the film, Mm -hmm. and seven-year-old girl can take an eight-foot K-47 apart and put it back together in 30 seconds. Yeah, you don't graduate high school unless you can. Meanwhile, the seven-year-olds here are eating their boogers and sniffing glue. What? Yeah, in China, like, for instance, just to give an idea of one class, they have a rifle with a bayonet. Uh Uh-huh. And they have to run up to a dummy dressed as an American soldier and stab him in the abdomen. This is going on right here. The kids are in military scenarios. It's a boot wow. camp. Yes. Oh, dude. But the fact that the dummies dressed like an American soldier right there, yeah. just just beat that image in their minds yeah. while they're young. And what are we doing? What are we doing right now? We're fighting over whether you're a girl or a boy, which bathroom to use, and what pronoun to use. We're going to get killed. I, can I be any more clearer? And you know these parents who see stuff like that. I know, I know how they are. They see you talk about this with them, or you talk, and that's pretty much the general population, the majority of them. You talk to them about this stuff, and they look at you like you're freaking crazy, mm-hmm. like you're nuts. You can show them the video and go. They look at it like it's a cartoon. They look at you like you're absolutely out of your mind and go, "Well, that's we can do that with our kids." Oh, really? Then you don't love your kids, and then they really look at me. Because I've had the discussion with parents like this. And I go, I go, you love your children? I go, you're allowing your country to be to surrender, basically, to that. Because they're mm-hmm. coming for us. Well, They'll- you got to think also where the country's going to be when they're our age. Exactly. That's like, it's what you not, have to... It's not necessarily right now. Mm-hmm. It's, like you said, 10 years from now, when those kids are all 21, and our kids are like, Mom, more pizza rolls. Right. You have to worry about the country that you're leaving to your children. I'm going to just jump ahead a bit here because this relates to this. Okay. Just to give you an example where our kids are at. Oh, no. Chloe Cole. Who's that? Transitioned. She's a girl who, a boy who transitioned to a girl. Okay. Actually, the other way around. Sorry. Girl transitioned to a boy? She transitioned. Now she's de-transitioning and she's an activist. She goes around and does speeches. Well, at the University of Iowa, she did a speech last Thursday. And just to get to the point here about what I'm talking about our children... The professors in this school, most of them canceled class on Thursday because they knew there would be trauma. That's right. 60 security guards showed up monitoring the students' protests outside. The speaker outside said we must keep fighting to rid the country of this practice of manipulating, utilizing, mutilate. Oh, this is her talking. 
Let me get to the point here. Uh, let's see. Okay, here it is. Multiple f- professors called off classes last Friday in response to a detransitioner, that's her, Chloe Cole, telling the truth during a speech Thursday about transgenderism and the ideology. The woman said her at Utah held ready for this. Remember the Chinese four-year-olds. We held a healing circle complete with all sorts of demonic offerings like tarot cards to heal the wounds from Chloe Cole during her speech Thursday. What? Multiple professors at the university have called off classes for the day ahead of this evening's speech. An email seemed to imply that the content of Chloe's speech would create an unsafe environment on campus. Yes, her speech is going to come out and attack you. This week, our campus is hosting a presentation by a prominent anti-trans activist, one email said. One professor's email reads, the professor goes on to declare that Chloe, who underwent a gender transition herself, uh, realizing it was a mistake, is herself transphobic now because she wants to transition back. This is her experience. She should be able to talk about whatever she wants to, but because you don't agree with it, now you're going to add phobic on the tack tack that onto the end of whatever you feel you need to do. On Friday, after the speech, the students had a healing circus. A uh, no, circle. No, circus was correct. You were right no, the first time. Healing circle with the professors in the lead. A healing circle. Now, circle. what is that? I don't know. What does it's it matter? A, it's another safe space for people that are triggered by things that happen in the real world instead of dealing with things that happen in the real world. It's, it's, I don't know what to say. And first of all, again, you watch China and you look at us. We're dead meat. And you love your kids, but you don't do anything about it. You don't go into the schools and start complaining. We're too uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to raise your voice. I can't do it tonight. I have Bunko. I can't do it tomorrow night. You know, I mean, that's what's going on. That's exactly. You see, we, we have lost connection with the rest of the world. Yeah. We really don't get it. And I'll say it a million times that I'm dead. It'll probably happen on the air. You know, uh... This is not reality. What we live here in this country is not what the rest of the world is like. No, it's a bubble. We live in a bubble. Uh-huh. And it's it, it just like you said. I mean, if you're going to have to have a healing circle and there's trauma around somebody speaking, imagine the trauma you'd have when they invade Red Dawn style. Dude. The, the, if you can't handle somebody giving a speech, you definitely can't handle the latter. There's several military experts, and I can't air them because I can't source them properly, but it's okay because they, they suppress their information. But I know there's some of them, and again, take it for what it's worth. I'm telling you, I haven't been able to source them with five. I can't go to a major website like NBC or even Fox News. So I don't know how true this is, but I believe it. I believe this is a possibility. He goes, Russians attack from the north, Chinese from the south, and by sea we'll get... Korean missiles. I mean, it, it, we're, it's so obvious how vulnerable we are now, and nobody's doing anything. We're all sitting on our hands. You know? I mean, and, there's been pokes and tests for the past few years. I think how many people walk into the border. You let the giant spy balloon, balloon go across the whole country. Mm-hmm. China can just buy a bunch of land around your military base. Like, uh, nothing. Nobody sees that as somebody testing your defenses. All because of an administration that you voted for. Mm-hmm. All right, a little bit more on this, and we'll let it go. But leftists at the University of Iowa are preparing for a day trans of revenge. Wait, what? <laughs> it's a day of trans revenge, according to the flyers advertised December 8th. What are you getting revenge for? Yeah, on the uh, flyers. Revenge for what? Uh, I don't know. Following, uh, this People is being mean to you? Following Chloe Cole's presentation at the University of Iowa 
Multiple protesters were arrested for blocking traffic outside the event. Cole is a victim of radical gender ideology. She is a detransitioner. You can read about her presentation here. In response, police enforcement law has, uh, what does that mean, has uh, shown up. And leftists are using a flyer of a masked figure beating uh, another student with a spiked bat and at the same time pushing December 8th. Is that what's today? Fourth. Trans Day of Revenge. It's an event. This ought to be interesting. Let's see what happens. I guess I'm not sure what you're getting revenge for or on who. Well, they've also threatened that the um, armed queers are going to show up. Gotcha. Yeah. Anger, anger, victimhood, and mental illness all combined into one day. Sounds glorious. I think it's fun. Starbucks going to have a cup for that? (laughs) Chill. Valid question. Now, over at the Daily Wire, if you want to have some fun, it, it I can't believe that. Now, Rotten Tomatoes, pretty good about, you know, telling you what, if a movie's any good or not. I mean, there's some, you know, they have, they have very little review content, but mostly it's just the tomatoes. You know, if you get 90 percentile tomatoes, you're it's really- a, It's a decent movie, yeah. Yeah, this decent movie. And they pretty much pan out. And I don't know how political they are, but uh, you would think they wouldn't- you know, recommend a movie like this, but he got 99 on the Rotten Tomatoes Holy list. Cow. 97, 97. Well, still high. That's the average rating Rotten Tomatoes gave the Daily Wire, which is a news website. Yeah, it's, it's right leaning, uh, conservative, but it's very well done. And they gave it a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the movie's called Lady Ballers. Okay. And it's all about men who dress up like women that want to play women's sports because they can actually win. So here it is. This is a little bit of the trailer. Okay, let me just give you the picture here. This is a wrestling match. It's between this guy that looks like he's seven foot. Remember the guy from the old James Bond movie with the iron teeth? Oh, Jaws, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's that guy, and the girl's about half his height. I think her face reaches his waist. Uh Uh-huh. And they get on the wrestling mat, and he just picks her up and slams her into the ground. Here it is. He just picks her up and boom! It's not All far right. off, though. I mean, and this is a little bit more of the trailer where they talk about it. This is the way the world is now. My eight-year-old daughter told me all about it. So a guy can become a girl with no physical changes at all. Oh, that's called gender fluid. So I can be a woman on the court and a man in the bedroom. I can't believe it. Nice! You mean when you're sleeping? Yes. Coach? Alex. We could play basketball. We'd have to get the whole team back together. It's time. We're in. I'm in. I'm in. To play. Lady Ballers. Lady Ballers. So Lady Ballers are a bunch of nerds. Because they want to play basketball and they weren't good enough to make it no. in their own league. They couldn't make it in any men's league. They're a bunch of nerds, but they're like, you know, they're, they're big, pretty big guys. So they figure, well, what the hell? Yeah. It's kind of like, um, remember that movie She's the Man with Amanda yeah. Bynes and Channing Tatum? It's like that. So here we go. Pro Heroes. Day one of being a girl athlete. <laughs> I love being a girl. Two sheroes. We could dominate every woman's sport. Running, swimming, soccer. I said sport, Felix. And of course, some of the reviews are saying, oh, this is transphobic and full of hate. No, it's actually making fun of the reality. I can't tell you how free I feel now that I've started identifying as a woman. Now that I can compete as female, I'm ready to smash the other girls. And is it correct you just started identifying as female two weeks ago? I'm not here to talk about my transition. I'm here to kick some 
Let me tell you something, Dingleberry. David Perry. I'm gonna roll up the other women here, and I'm gonna smoke them. I am the strongest woman this state has ever seen. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. Right. I mean, look what happened with the the male that identifies as a female in the volleyball team spiked the ball. Was oh, she a brain damage now, the girl? Yeah. All right. Speaking of brain damage, we're going to talk about the uh, Florida State, the Knowles. This is now, what happened here. I stopped. You know, I, again, I used to be so into college football. I was a Knowles fan. I had the flag. And the, oh, I did all that. I went to all the games. <laughs> I had all that stuff going on a long time ago. I still love the team. Bobby Bowden was my hero. This guy was what a guy. And uh, FSU was king of the sport. Yeah. I mean, really, they didn't play. Deion Sanders came out of it. I remember when Deion Sanders, the score, if it wasn't 60 to nothing, it was, you know, kind of lame. doing great. If it was 53 <laughs> to nothing, it was a lame game. So uh, now they won the season, but. So they were undefeated. You know, they were the ACC champions. And so over the weekend, they were picking out the teams for the college playoffs. So you had Michigan, who's 13 and 0. That was the Big Ten champion. You had Washington, that won the Pac 12, 13 and 0. Then you had Texas which was the Big 12. They were 12-1. and one. Then it came down, Alabama, who was 12-1. and one. They lost a game. They were the SEC champions. Mm-hmm. And Florida, like I said, was the ACC champions. So Alabama beat Georgia, which is why they're saying they put Alabama in the top four. FSU, undefeated FSU, who lost a key player, by the way, to an injury and still managed to succeed, was left out of the college football playoffs. People were livid. The, the kids, I can't even, I was watching the announcement when they, when they said right. that they picked Alabama. And all of the players seemed so defeated. The coach, Mike Norville, was like, he said he was disgusted. He was infuriated. It is the first time since the current playoff system that they have now that they started, I think it was nine years ago, that an undefeated Power Five conference champion has been left out of the four-team playoff. And it doesn't help that two teams that are in it both have a loss. And Florida State does not have a loss. They were, they so were, they're saying they played a week. They they played a week season that there was all week teams. They said that FSU had an easier schedule than say Alabama, um, but you know the athletic director Michael Alford was saying, look, the argument of whether a team is the most deserving or the best, there's two different things. Because they were saying Alabama was more deserving than FSU because they beat Georgia, but people were saying, but FSU is undefeated with a major injury, still undefeated. So, so uh, that's all I heard about. What do you hub and say? He he thinks it's crap too. He was he, well. He also said that the panel, the uh, the college basketball, mm-hmm. I mean it's basketball, college football, pan, the committee has no respect for ACC league anyway, and that's why. And he said it's it's a bunch of BS, and Florida State should have been in there over Alabama. Now, and if you're an Alabama it? fan, you're probably like, oh, we squeaked it out, you and, know. And that's it. The, and the that's, college I, system has been so screwed up for so long. I know doesn't make any sense. Because I had to come out yesterday. I didn't watch a lot of football this weekend, but I came out yesterday because I saw everybody going off about FSU. So I go and I go, what's going on with with, uh, with Florida State? What's happening? He's like, ah, oh, and then he he went off about the whole thing. Even was like, DeSantis was upset. Really? Oh, yeah. He was going off about it with everybody else. I mean, when you think think about it, you could have not have had a more perfect record, 13-0, and 0, with an injured player, and you still... Succeed. That should be rewarded, but instead, Alabama that took a loss because they're SEC, right. and they also said, "Here's here's speculation now, is that if Alabama is in the playoffs, more people are going to watch. The ratings are going to be oh, higher. So it's a, oh, so it's it's a about, money thing. It's about money. It's like I told you about baseball. 
This was the World Series. Nobody watched. Why? Because there wasn't a major traditional team in there like the Yankees or the, you know what I mean? But you said for years, I mean, Florida State drives numbers, yeah? No, Florida State drove big numbers. But Alabama. Right. Well, we charge more for tickets, and we drive bigger numbers, and we need this one to go through. That's shocking. That really is shocking. It's disappointing for them. There's going to be violence. Researchers uh, analyzing the brain activity of football fans found that Reward systems were activated after their team emerged victorious from a you know game. Uh, however, in this study, losses to a loyal fan's team instead resulted in a loss of cognitive control, increasing the possibility of them falling into violent or disruptive ve- behavior. Well, we've seen this. When anybody wins a championship, they burn down their own city. It's wonderful. Ah, especially Philadelphia. Well, that's what I was reading all the comments, and people were like, oh, this is so stupid. Penalize a bunch of kids on a team because a bunch of old folks in a room decided that Alabama was just an overall better team. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, NCAA's been like that for a while. Didn't those kids just start getting money? NCAA was making money hand over fist. They're like, oh, look, you get free school. Shut up. So the study (laughs) says that based on the results, uh, fans of football teams are much more violent when they lose and suffer much more pain uh, than people who lose in politics, spirituality, ethnicity, and identity. Researchers' results showed that football causes a lot of violence in fans. I'm here to kick some... (laughs) I mean, if you're in Philadelphia, yeah. And finally, it's made news around the nation. Yes, last week we told you the whole story. We're going to tell it again briefly here because Elon Musk, and you know, you, really, you look at the guy and what he said last week. If you don't know what happened, he was at this um, 2023 Deal Book Summit in New York Wednesday. Uh, it was an interviewer from CNBC, and he was asking Musk about, you know, he made some comment about this post about Gaza and, uh, you know, Israel. Well, it's when you have people that are in charge of that much. It's like, well, you're not allowed to have an opinion of your own. That's terrible. What about the shareholders? What about the money? Yeah, and I don't really remember exactly what the post was all about. It was something about, uh, obviously, the the war. And Musk agreed with it or said, tell the truth. You know, you're telling the truth or something like that. And then he apologized when he... I guess he didn't read it and didn't realize what it said. And he apologized for it. And everybody makes mistakes. So he goes on this show in New York just last week, Deal Book Summit. And the CNBC host says, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't you, you know, you seem like you went on an apology tour, but you really didn't apologize. Aren't you concerned you're going to lose revenue? And that's when Musk, this is the... um, because a bunch of advertisers like Disney and Coca-Cola and Apple said they are going to pull their advertising well, from They did. Twitter. Those are the type of people that are always kowtowing to somebody else. Yep. Oh, well, the, the g- country thinks like this. Well, we got to do this. We can't anger the people with all the dollars. And it turns out this is the GFY heard around the world now. Uh-huh. Here it is. If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> but go f*** yourself. Is that clear? <laughs> so I think the audience was the first one we they were uh-huh. shocked. You notice there's not just silence. I don't think we've ever heard him curse before, have we? I mean, not in a setting like that, no. But uh, blackmail with money? Go f- yourself. Silence. Nothing. Nobody's whispering. What did he just say? But did he take? Go f- yourself. <laughs> and, then, and then a little nervous laughter. <laughs> oh, so good. Like that. That kind of stuff, that's what history's made of. The speeches, that somebody's engraving that in a plaque. The part you didn't hear is that Sorkin went on to ask him about, you know, all that stuff. He says, aren't you afraid that more advertisers are going to pull? And uh, Mr. Andrew Sorkin says, uh, what about all the hate you're generating? He says, 
paid away. <laughs> I love when he said the GFY and then he and then he directs his comment directly at Bob Iger from Disney and he goes, "Hi Bob." Right on the oh yeah, right <laughs> to his face. It's great. The world's richest man is also the world's greatest orator. Once in once in uh once in every uh, we have a we have a get ready to be inspired as Elon Musk reads the world's greatest speeches. Uh, ask not what what your country can do f- uh, f- for you. Uh, just uh, just uh, 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 tell your country uh, uh, to go f- itself. Enjoy hours of famous speeches <laughs> delivered by expert speaker Elon Musk. Uh, four uh, score and, and seven uh, uh, to nine years ago, um, our, our, our forefathers, if it's impossible to have uh, forefathers, you need only one father uh, to name his kid XP12 semicolon uh, poop emoji ampersand. Order now and you'll also receive Elon Musk's great historical moments. It's uh, uh, one small step uh, 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 for, for a man, uh, but but uh, but mankind can uh, you know uh, uh, get there uh, faster in in, in a cyber truck, uh, right? It's eloquence redefined in Elon Musk's world's greatest speeches. We have nothing uh, to fear except um, y- fear I- itself. If, if, if fearing um, fear, you know, is is fearing um, being uh, afraid, uh, which. Is redundant, uh, but, but if you understand that, go f- yourself. The Sunny <laughs> Update, Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestack, having fun with a world uh, gone crazy. And it's brought to you by All Electric Services. So I need you to gird your loins for this one because this one's going to sting just a little bit. Oh boy! <sighs> Cash me outside, girl. Oh no! Pregnant. Oh, oh no! Should, that should be illegal. She's How about a- that? Loud God, she's to procreate. A little, a little cash me outside, girl. And Thank she's you got for that. So much money now, and such a bad attitude. I can't imagine. Now to um, bring people up to date, in case you don't know who she is, uh, the cash me outside girl. Her name is Danielle Bergoli, and she was on Dr. Phil, if you remember, with her mother. Her mother brought her on there, saying that she's basically unruly and can't control her. She's super. I mean. <sighs> She wanted to beat up the whole audience. Remember that? <laughs> Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Nope. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. She's talking about the audience, that they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. Catch me outside. How about that? Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. <laughs> so in other words, she was telling the whole audience to meet her outside so that she could beat them up. And then she comes back again for a recap because Dr. Phil would do that every so often. They'd come back and be like, I'm sorry, I was a terrible person. I'm in a better place now. And then it's like, oh, yay, happy. You know, she comes back. She's like, bitch, I made you. You were nobody before me. And he's like, great. So glad I had you back. <laughs> and then she became a rapper. Oh. And she went on OnlyFans, and now she's worth like millions, millions and millions and millions. Got a house in LA you wouldn't believe. I mean, this is what we're rewarding. We're rewarding a holes. You've gotten and a lot of tension on the internet since you were here. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Both. What's good about it? Well, I guess what's good for you is I made you just like how Oprah made you. You were nothing before I came on this show. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my God. It's just like, how embarrassed are you as a parent that oh. that's your evil spawn? And she would hit the mother and everything. And that's why the she mother hit went her? to. Oh, yeah. The mother went to Dr. Phil saying, I don't know what to do. I'm, my hands are, I'm like throwing my hands up in the air. I can't control her. And so the daughter would hit the mother. She was violent. Okay, now look, what you need to do is smack her back. No kidding. By the way, she's only 20 years old right now. Oh, my God. She's multi-millionaire. She's got a steady boyfriend. Uh, Imagine what that piece is like. Yeah, I looked him up. Um, So, yeah, so she put- Ghetto rat. Pretty much. She put her pictures up on Instagram, and she's got the big belly, and everyone's like, oh, yay, you were allowed to procreate. 20-year-old and pregnant. and She's probably still doing OnlyFans right up till delivery day. And then some. That's how she makes her money now. I can't believe that. What? The cash me outside girl from Dr. Phil? Did you ever see it going in that direction? That wasn't a plan, I'm sure. No, that was one of his biggest shows, don't you think? No, no, I'm saying her getting pregnant was not like something they decided. No, I'm pretty sure that was a whoopsie. Well, at least she's not getting an abortion. No, she's going to have it, and she's Mm. in a steady relationship, and she said she wants to have the baby. So, I mean, good for her for that. And she's also, I mean, she's got enough money to take care of the baby. She's got to... She can hire somebody. Probably be a better thing with this going. Hire a nanny. Hire somebody with some ethics a little bit. We'll see. I mean, maybe she'll turn her life around. I don't know. I'm always kind of rooting for somebody that's gone down the wrong path, kind of hoping that they straighten their life out. So we'll Mm -hmm. see. Thank you for that. (laughs) Speaking of people that the public doesn't like. God. Jesse Smollett, back in the news, could delay serving jail time even longer. He not already in jail? No. This is a guy that- He's just outside. He appealed the fake attack case. Um, That was denied by the Illinois Appeals Court. You remember that. He's not headed to jail, by the way. At least not yet. If you or I had done what he did, Mm -hmm. fake an uh, an attack in the streets of uh, Chicago, you would have been in jail for 10 years. I'd be writing a letter to Jill. Send me a manicotti with a file in it. (laughs) Well, if you don't remember, he faced he he faked what he called uh, a homophobic and racist attack, but the attack was on himself, and he like hired the guys, and we have the video, and it's all been proven that it's all fake. And he was just so insistent that he was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. He was like, "I'm not breaking." I think he served six days so far of his 150 day sentence. Yeah, but that's only when they had him handcuffed to the chair in the courtroom. Yeah. So now, <laughs> because of these pending appeals, uh, he hasn't. He keeps pushing it back further. So I don't know, really know what's going to happen, but do you remember when everybody was on his side when it first happened and mm-hmm. all of the actors, because he was on a TV show called Empire, and all of the actors and everybody in Hollywood was like, he was attacked because he was black, and he was attacked because he's gay, and they yelled MAGA country, and so it's Trump supporters, and Trump sucks, and this is what Trump people do to black gay people. Remember the whole thing, and they stood oh, by huge. him? And, and then, then after a while, they're like, oh. Well, they found out he faked it because they interviewed the guys. They found the brothers. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, he paid us to do it. And they were like, and then everybody slowly backed away into the bush like Homer Simpson. They just <laughs> went away. He was fired. And it was like, Where's the Kamala okay. thing? Uh, hers is, I think, the second one. Oh, yeah. Because both was, Biden tweeted and Kamala tweeted half it? the people in Congress. They were talking about what a good guy he is and how she, Kamala was saying how Before she, she knows had, him. She had no facts. She didn't know anything about the case. It just happened. And she came out saying that, oh, you know, this is what happens. It's a lynching. Mm-hmm. He's such a nice guy. The guy made up the whole damn thing. You know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then... That's it, because it's the truth. How can you doubt that? Like, how do you how do you not believe that? It's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. It feels like if I had said it was a Muslim, 
or Mexican or someone black, I feel like the doubters would have supported me a lot much more, a lot more. And that says a lot about the place that we are in our country right now. Hello, Bubba Wallace. Anyway, yeah. Dude, there's video of them leaving because originally the story was he just went out to get a sandwich at a subway at three o'clock in the morning in Chicago in the dead of winter. First of all, subway's not the way open. Nobody does to and, get yourself a fake tuna. Yeah, and who goes out in the middle of the night when it's like negative fifteen to go get a subway sub? And he came back with a little string around his neck. Remember, and he said they put a lynch around his neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they beat him up, and 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 then he returns with an intact subway sub. <laughs> So Kamala Harris, here's the quote from the tweet. Uh, what happened today to Jesse Smollett, uh, Smollett must never be tolerated in this country. We must stand up and demand that we no longer give this hate safe harbor. That homophobia and racism have no place in our streets or in our hearts. We are with you, Jesse. This is 2019, wow. January, just after it happened. Wow. Kamala Harris, that your not- vice president who had no facts, no nothing. And of course, she never came out and apologized for saying that. That didn't age well, did it? No. Well, here's some signs in case you want to look for them and behaviors where people can't be trusted, Jesse Smollett. Number one, they dodge accountability. Oh, you've only served six out of the 150 days? Okay. Uh, They're inconsistent with their words and actions. They keep secrets that shouldn't be kept. They're quick to throw people under the bus, Jesse Mm -hmm. Smollett. They gossip. They backstab. They're manipulative and controlling. They They break promises repeatedly. They're only around when they need something, and they play the victim card excessively. That was just a separate story. It just happened to really go with the Jesse Smollett story. Wow. Interesting, right? Yep. And uh, finally, I forgot what I was talking about now. King Charles? Oh, I forgot about that story. Hold on. I got to pull it up. I had the Florida State thing still pulled up. We've talked about this before. I don't even need to really look at this. King Charles, who's... I guess if you're raised in royalty from the time you're born, this is your lifestyle. Right. So anything other than that, you think that how you're raised and it's just like anybody's family. You think that that's the norm, right? So I love looking inside of rich people. Royalty, I think, is different than rich, though. It's a whole nother Uh, level. Yeah, because you you have no experience in anything outside of your castle bubble. Yeah, so I was reading up on ridiculous demands from King Charles from... Iron shoelaces. What? Oh, yeah. He needs his shoelaces ironed. They can't oh, be ironed. wrinkled. Yeah. He has somebody iron his shoelaces. Nuh-uh. Yes. He doesn't even know how to tie them. Yep. He likes for his soft-boiled eggs to be cooked for four minutes, no more, no less, or they will be sent back to the kitchen with fury. With fury? Here, take this fury with you. His bed sheets that are a thousand thread count have to be ironed. His pajamas have to be pressed. He gets very angry if his pajamas aren't ironed right before he goes to bed. Um, Somebody, he can't do it himself. This is the most bizarre one. Has to squeeze exactly one inch of toothpaste onto his toothbrush for him. And the toothpaste has to come out of a crested silver dispenser. Where are my royal wipers? Are you serious? All of that's true, by the way. <sighs> wow. I mean, I don't even know what else. Do they hate him? Please tell me they hate him. You know, they don't. I'm noticing, I know a couple of British people, they don't love him as much as they love the queen. The queen was oh, their queen. idol. 
you know, and she was there for so long, and that yeah. was their that was their girl. She was a bit of a crumpet too, wasn't she? And they loved a Diana, <laughs> but I think after the thing happened with Diana, they started to lose respect for Charles a little bit. Yeah. So sausage fingers. But where do you where do you even get an iron? I mean, do you iron shoelaces with a regular iron, or does he have a specific shoelace he has the, iron? The royal shoelace iron. <laughs> Did you see that? Greetings, guy? it is King Charles. Tired of this happening to you? Ah, uh, honey, my shoelaces are so wrinkled. Oh, honey, again? Well, no longer shall your shoelaces be befouled by wrinkles with the King Charles Shoelace Iron. It steams and irons your shoelaces so they're crisp and wrinkle-free. Oh, cool. How's it work? Oh, I don't know. One of my servants does it for me. Oh, um... Well, then how do we order one? I don't know. I suppose have your butler call and order one? That's what I do. We don't have a butler. <laughs> oh, oh, you don't have a butler? <laughs> Let me guess. You don't have a person food chewer either. No. Thank you for that. I needed that good laugh. Uh, the King Charles Shoelace Iron. Order somebody to order one today. I know. It's crazy, right? <laughs> crazy talk. Are you the stupidest person alive? Stupid news with Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Two minutes. Oh, yeah, you just gave me that. I didn't. <laughs> okay. Calm down, Rick. UK Ministry of Defense has removed, get this, so this guy has, I've seen this before because I had one. I went to a, a, one of those, you know, garage sales uh-huh. and I saw a bomb as one of the things. It was, a, you know, it was empty. You hit it. Right. Okay. But it was a bomb, the kind uh-huh. that he used to carry in World War II and drop from planes. And I was like, that's cool. This is back in my 20s, you know, okay. so you buy any kind of crap for the house. You know, it's like, I didn't have a girlfriend. It's with my place. So if uh-huh. I want to put a bomb in my living room, that's what I'm going to do. Use it I'm as your coffee table. <laughs> Got it. So I spray painted the bomb silver. I put USA on the side with the, with the markings and I hung it in my... One bedroom apartment. Chick magnet. Right next to my Farrah Fawcett poster. <laughs> but I've seen people put them on their lawns, and this is what ha- this is what happened. UK Ministry of Defense has has this guy, Sian and Jeffrey Edwards live together, and they're 77 years old. They've had this dummy bomb on their lawn for a long time. As a matter of fact, he's cut grass around it. Oh. Once in a while, he'll take the rake and hit it to get the dirt that accumulates from the lawnmower off the bomb. Gotcha. Ding, ding, get the dirt to fall off. Yeah. Well, apparently, finally, a police officer drove by and said, you know what? I ought to have that checked out. So he called the Department of Defense. They came out. Turns out the bomb that he's been banging and lawn mowing around was live. No. Yep. They spotted the bomb and they alerted authorities. They tested it and test proved that the bomb was live. But fortunately, only a tiny amount of charge to it. It would have taken a lot to make it blow up. But it was a five-ton Bomb. Boom, 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 boom. Would have blown up the whole house, made a crater out of his house. Wow. Yeah. Dude, Isn't can you imagine something? mowing around your lawn decoration? Just well, it would have made a five ton bomb. Hey, boom. I mean, like, huge. Dude. Woman I thought in, it looked good next to my petunias. Woman in Malaysia got a shock of her life. Why doesn't this ever happen to us? Um, specifically me. She opened her account one morning just to check her balance, and there it was $86 million in her account. That can't be right. She didn't have that. When Hafzida Abdullah checked her balance last week, the app showed 86.46 million credit. It's a lot of money, right? Can't beat that. Yeah. Um, this is pretty. She's a. She, they call her an average 
incomer. She makes $22,000 a year, so I doubt that the interest was that much. She got $86 million. <laughs> So after Abdullah posted about the incident on LinkedIn and then went on a rant about their terrible customer service blocking her account when she tried to clear up the matter, the woman later posted that the problem payout had, been, had eventually disappeared and she had access to the account again. They Smoke? charge her a $30 fee? No. <laughs> you messed up. I mean, I'm sorry. If they put it in there, that that's... Would you have gone and spent it? Uh, a little. Really? I mean, out of 86 million, how are you going to keep track of that? They're not. I think they know. I think that's chump change to a bank. How do they know? They don't have any of that money. It's all no, somebody but, else's money. No, but they have all that data. Finally, uh, no steel tubs of mass-produced slop in Hexagon. An American dietitian in Paris, France, had the online masses salivating after sharing a TikTok video de- detailing the mouth-watering and highly nutritious dishes served at her daughter's school. Yeah, did you hear about in this? In France? Yeah. Yes, this is in France. Their school lunches put ours to shame. It's oh, shame. crazy stuff, and they didn't even get the macaroons. They get everything. They get like mussels and. Well, lunch is everything in France. You know that, right? It's, yeah, it's like that's like the big meal. Yeah. That is the big meal. That is the meal. I mean, really, nobody eats breakfast. There is no, insignificant. It's a petit déjeuner, and lunch is déjeuner. So breakfast is really just little lunch. Yeah, and, and dinner is a baguette and some uh, whatever you have, caviar or jelly, and a bottle of wine. That's dinner. That's why they're so skinny. I mean, and it's, it's, it, for dessert. it's changing a little bit because there's too many McDonald's now, but. Anyway, yeah, the uh, lunch at the school is amazing. In one of her recent dispatches from the City of Light, Bertolami revealed that the three- to six-year-olds at her daughter's school ate one week earlier this month. The selections made the most ostentatious America offerings look like a pack of Lunchables. Mm -hmm. He explained that the menu follows the same structure every day with a starter, a main dish, a cheese course, and a dessert. So Monday they started with a salad of hearts of palm. Oh yum! I love tomato palm. croutons and vinaigrette. Yummy. Bertolami revealed that uh, having their uh, fish came with a side of potatoes and an organic camembert. Might, yeah, what is that? It's cheese. It's a cheese. Yeah. And a lemon sorbet for dessert. Can you imagine? Meanwhile, kids over here they're like, "Here's your sloppy square of pizza." Exactly. It's pork nibblers. Here's <laughs> your here's your fake turkey with a bunch of fake gravy. Some skim chocolate milk. Great. Are you a child who appreciates the finer things? I sure am. Then get ready for the most decadent meal you've ever had. The Chez School Lunch, where we serve the finest dishes fit for a student in France. Welcome to the Chez School Lunch. What can I get you? Can I please have the foie gras? Excellent choice, monsieur. And the lamb chops as the main course. I'm sorry, are you in the fourth grade? No, third grade. Ah, the lamb chops are only on the fourth grade menu. Will you set up for chicken cordon bleu? The food of the Peasants? Indeed not. Cast it away. My apologies, Monsieur. The Shea School Lunch. Fancy food for fancy kids. Book your reservation today. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Ugh, fine. On Sunny FM. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with a world gone crazy. And the update is brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. You know, if we get smart one of these days, we'll do what the UK does. When there's an accident on the highway, they actually, first thing they do, you know, be it that nobody's dying, they put up a curtain. You see that? It comes right out of the emergency no. truck. They put up, a, it's a, you know, portable. So people can't look at it? Curtains. So people won't gawk at it. Right. Smart. Yeah. I mean, why don't we do that? Oh, that makes too much sense. Let's just stop traffic on both sides of the road. 
What are you looking at? It's curiosity. What are you looking at? Ooh, what happened? Hey, oh, look at the blinking blue lights. Mm-hmm. I've never seen those before. And honestly, if you're in an accident, do you want everybody staring at you? Not really. No, it's embarrassing. You're there like, ah, sorry, there's glass all over. You can tell I haven't cleaned my car out now that it's spread across the highway. Oh, yeah, you know... <laughs> That's the worst. You ever see an accident? You know, it's unfortunate you had one, but then all your crap's everywhere. Oh, yeah, there's McDonald's bags all over. They're like, all right, buddy, are you okay? Check his blood pressure while we got him out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is this is just, I don't even know why I'm doing the story because I know that nothing's going to happen. Uh, it's all about the investigation into the Biden crime family. Um, there's enough evidence that if you rolled it up in a ball, it would knock over a whole professional football team. Would just roll it right into. I mean, there's so much evidence. They're not going to do anything. This is all for theater. It's already coming to the end of his his presidency. Biden's going to be out before they find anything and do anything. They're going to impeach him on what? When are they going to impeach him? November 2024. They're going to impeach him. Day November 1st. We did it. We impeached him. Mm-hmm. Good. Six days. Kamala Harris is president. These people are a joke. It's embarrassing. I'm telling you, man, the Republicans are no different than the Democrats, except the Republicans will take their, their, their uh, you know, underhanded money under the table. The Democrats do it above the table, and then they say, nah, 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 what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, I, just, I still can't believe the story. Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House. Yeah. He's living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Now, I would assume that on the... Which, which leads me to believe, if that's true, don't know, I don't write his check, but that's what I hear a lot of. If he's doing that, that means he's not taking money for influence. It seems like all 434, the rest of them are. Oh, yeah, look at, I mean, your salary as a congressman's what? Maybe 174. Oh, and they all just happen to be millionaires out of nowhere? When you look at the people's uh, salary going in, and then what it is a year after being in Congress, it's like... I went in making 150000 and now I'm, uh, you know, worth $2.5 billion. And let me give you an example on a smaller scale. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, is worth $1.14 million. Most people that have decent jobs, professional careers, could theoretically be worth that much if they own a home. And they have, because when, when they express somebody's value, financial assets, they talk about the house and stuff. Yeah. You could owe money on that those assets, but you're still, those count. Yeah, like if you had a McDonald's franchise, you got to be worth at least $4 million. Right, but I, that, I, I don't know if that's liquid or not. But when they, say as, when they say you're worth something, it could be not liquid. It could be your cars, your house, whatever. My fine Hunter Biden art collection. DeSantis is worth $1.14 million. Gavin Newsom is worth $20 million. Hmm. Mm. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, his Aunt Nancy Pelosi's worth a lot more than that, isn't she? So I think they're all on the take, and, and I th- and probably sounds stupid even saying that, because it should be obvious to everybody that they're all taking money to make decisions for us based on the money they're getting from the people that tell them what to do. They even have a job. It's called a lobbyist. So these people like Mr. Comer, James Comer, who's the House Oversight Chairman, who's investigating Joe Biden, is now going after Hunter Biden. He subpoenaed him to appear, and there's going to be a hearing, I think it's coming up this Thursday, where they're going to ask questions about good old Joe. And here's what he had to say about that. The number of emails that Joe Biden used a fake name grows almost on a daily basis. We've asked for those emails. They've provided 14 pages. Uh, There are thousands more pages that they haven't provided. We need to know about that because we know there was communication between the White House, between uh, when Joe Biden was vice president and Hunter Biden and his associates. Okay, so here's what what went on. And uh, I say this with pretty certain that it's true. 
because the evidence is there. Um, Joe Biden was a product. He was the vice president of the United States that had access to Barack Obama, who was the president at the time. So Joe Biden would be sold to other countries by his son, Hunter. Hunter and what's his name? Who's the other guy? Archer. Devin Archer would go out there and some other. And Joe's brother, Jim. Tony Bobolinsky, who came out with his entire testimony that everybody just didn't care about. Two years ago. I mean, it's there for you to see. You can actually go and look at all the. They have the bank statements, the LLCs that they laundered the money through. All the evidence is there. So I can't personally do anything about it. It has to be these guys. But these guys are just like them. They're on the take. So they're making this look like they're doing the right thing. They're not doing crap. However, he is explaining how it worked. Joe Biden had fake email address. Hundreds of them. And that's how he would communicate with Hunter Biden's business associates, which weren't really just Hunter Biden's business associates. They were the customers who bought Joe Biden as Hunter being the salesman. So neither Joe nor Hunter... We're also not foreign agents. You have to, if you're going to deal with other countries and make deals with other countries, you have to be registered as a foreign agent, an FAS. They were not. Even Joe Biden used a fake e-name to get around the FOIA requirements, so so normal investigators couldn't find this out. We've worked very hard on this investigation. We built a mountain of evidence. Yeah, and you haven't shown it to us yet. Where is it? Now we're in the deposition phase, and that's what the subpoena for Hunter Biden was all about. A deposition to sit down. The Democrats will get equal time, and it is for all practical purposes public. We will release the transcripts. We will do this the way every congressional deposition has been composed in history, and the American people will know exactly how Hunter Biden answered these questions. How about you just get to the point and impeach this guy? If you have the evidence and you have everything and just do the job. You're not, are you? And Hunter Biden is a key witness in our investigation of Joe Biden. We know the Biden family has received millions and millions of dollars from our enemies around the world. We don't know what they did to receive the money. We don't know uh, a lot of things about how the Bidens have been able to afford such lavish lifestyles when we really don't know what they do. It was an elaborate scheme. It really is. It's amazing how they pulled it off. It, are you okay? Yeah, my eyes are burning. I'm good. <laughs> my allergies just started. My eyes started watering, Damn. and now they're burning. So yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here, them. and Jill's having like an attack all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so anyway. So there you go. That's that's the latest with that. I haven't touched on it in weeks. I just thought I'd update you on that. It's the same old crap. It's going to go on forever. And come November 1st, you know, 2024, they'll say, ah, we impeached them. This all garbage. They always do that. They're like, oh, when it's important, no. After the fact, when nobody cares and we've all forgotten, yeah, we'll just put it in here, page yeah. eight. I mean, and there's people on both sides to buy the most extreme crap of both sides, you know? It's like, people actually think that this is an inv- a really good investigation. They're just being methodical. No, they're not. They're trying to They're trying to tell you that they're doing something about it, and they ain't doing crap. Yeah, it's for show. John Kirby. I like him this last couple of weeks. Okay. He's actually speaking the truth. Remember last week? He came out and talked about... All about Gaza and Israel? Yeah, and he told the truth. He's telling the truth again. He was faced with that, what a hateful biatch, man, Margaret Brennan. Who's that? On CBS News. Oh, okay. She is like the most... Ugh. Anyway, you, you can hear it in my... Ugh. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he's, she's up there with John Kirby on Sunday, doing the Sunday morning shows, and she's just badgering the guy, saying that Israel is not being careful with the civilians in Gaza. You see, this is the kind of stuff where leads to us getting killed in the long run, right? Because war is awful. It's the worst thing on earth. 
there's it, there's nobody wins really, but but it happens, and this is what's happening right now. There's a war between Israel, who are fighting for their survival, and Gaza, who is lent and the Palestinians there have lent all their power over to Hamas, a terrorist organization, who at one time I assume they thought were going to be their saviors, mm-hmm. and they were going to set them free, and they were going to have more land, and they were going to do a deal with Israel. No, Hamas. Their goal is to eliminate every Jew from the earth, including from the river to the sea, which you hear all the time, from the Jordan to the Mediterranean, get rid of every Jew that ever existed, take all that land, and that'll become theirs. Some Palestinians still think that's true. I I would venture to guess most Palestinians think that's true. But we got stupid people in colleges in this country that have been indoctrinated, just completely indoctrinated to think you know, that there's oppressor and the oppressed. And simply because Israel is a more successful state and there's Gaza, you know, which houses the Palestinians, not as successful. And they believe Hamas is their savior in this country because they've been told that by professors that they go out and protest. And now John Kirby's up there at CBS News and here is an educated woman, Margaret Brennan, arguing with the guy that they're not being careful enough when they go in there to get Hamas, who went in there October 7th during a ceasefire and just killed 1,200 Israelis at random at a music festival. Yeah, that's no problem. But man, if you get those civilians in Palestine hurt, oh boy. We heard from your old boss, <laughs> the defense secretary, yeah. Lloyd Austin there um, in the beginning of the program. And he said that the lesson he learned from the ISIS campaign was that in urban warfare, you have to protect civilians. He was pretty sharp in his words. He said he has pushed Israeli leaders to avoid civilian casualties, shun irresponsible rhetoric, prevent violence by settlers in the West Bank. It certainly sounds like the Netanyahu government has not made the changes that they have been asked to make for the past few weeks. They have been receptive to those messages. Those messages that he delivered in public, we are also delivering in private. For three they weeks have been, or more now, including on this program. They have been receptive to those messages. Now, again, I want to make it clear, the, the right number of civilian casualties is zero. I don't think anybody would disagree with that, but unfortunately, that is the consequence of the events that they caused to happen over years. Hamas didn't just march in there one day and decide, we're going to rule for you. Right. No, they, that's not the way it worked. And they went into North Gaza with a, a much smaller force than what they had originally planned to do. And here you have... Because in the, last, the United States slowed down those operations. And if you have in the last 24 hours, they have been putting a map online of places where people in Gaza need to avoid and, and need to go. They don't, I don't have t- connectivity but, widely in Gaza. But, you know that. Well, they've also been doing it with paper and, and leaflets and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My, my point is, Mark... Margaret, that it's very rare for a modern military to take those kinds of steps, basically telegraphing their punches before they actually conduct operations. So we're idiots. We're telling the enemy. We do this all the time. What we're doing. When we're going to do it, uh-huh. where we're going to do it, and what places we're going to avoid. Yep. We're so woke and so... we we got to stop pretending that the world's all nice and everybody's going to respect each other. And they're, you know, like the funniest thing, the funniest phrase I've ever heard is rules of engagement. That there's actually rules in a war. Oh my God, they didn't follow the rules. That's how we ended up here. Remember, when the British Mm. came... We decided we're not going to march in the middle of a field at each other's just start shooting. War doesn't have rules. We're going to do guerrilla warfare. We're going to hide in the trees. And but even then, after World War One, we're like, all right, some stuff is overboard even for war. Yeah, I mean, there is no rules. War is what it is. It's raw, it's killing your enemy, and it's 
just it's disgusting, but it's it's what's happening. So we're telegraphing to the enemy or Israel is because we're pushing them to tell them exactly where they're going. The Hamas people, they don't give a rip. I'll give you an example. This is for that Margaret Brennan and the rest of the media. The media is on the side of the terrorist group. Our media is on the side of the terrorist group. Seems like it, doesn't it? It is. So a family member of two Israeli boys released from Hamas captivity this week said they were branded like cattle. How were they branded? This is a 12-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 9-year-old. 7-year-old, I'm sorry. Hamas terrorists take these kids on what they think is going to be a, a motorcycle ride. Then they stop the motorcycle and they grab them by the right leg and push it up against the exhaust pipe and brand them with the heat of the exhaust pipe. You know why? In case these Israeli children get away, they can find them. They can identify them. This is how barbaric these people are. But we're sending leaflets to where we're going to be. So then we, you know, I mean, see what I'm saying? And then we have people here that are all for that. They're like, they, of course, they don't know what they're talking about. And listen to this one. Well, when did you guys start supporting Palestine? I've supported Palestine for a couple of years. That's like couple since of the years. beginning. What? I didn't. That one's the one that's not edited. Remember, I said don't play it. Oh, you're kidding me. Yeah. Who says bad words? The guy says the S word. Oh, he does. Oh, remember, I, remember I gave it to you and you go, I want to play it. And I go, I didn't edit it. Don't play it. Oh. I'm glad I caught that. You, I, I heard you playing it. It gave me a tiny heart attack. Well, uh, Jordan Peterson does a good job of explaining why these people support in okay. that way. That's the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. And if you're a victim, then you're morally righteous. And even more conveniently, if you stand for the victim, then you're morally righteous, regardless of what you do with your own life. And that's pretty much what university students are taught from the time they enter the university classroom. And that's how they, you know, orient themselves morally. That's really it. Everything gets scoped down to that oppressor versus oppressed you know, lens that they make out all those college kids look through. So when you go on campus and interview them, I'm for Palestine because they think they're supporting the underdog because that's the whole narrative you're taught for every situation throughout history. It's oppressor versus oppressed. But that's that's what these kids are talking about on the college campus that we can't play is he goes up to them and they have masks on and they're all like, and he's like, well, you know, how long have you been supporting Palestine? And the guy's like, ever since the, you know what, has started to hit the fan. He's like, really, why? And they're like, just basic humanitarian rights. And he's like, oh, really? You know that they hate gay people and gay people have no rights over there and they get thrown off of buildings? And she was like, gay people die here too. And he's like, all right, what's the number? And she's like, I don't know. Do you know the number? And he's like, no, but I wasn't the one that was- That brought it up. Yeah, they were talking about human rights. You think that they're so great at human rights over there? Is that what you're talking about? You think they have a wonderful humanitarian rights over in Palestine? And then she's like, she does the whole, are you serious right now? Get your mic out of my face and walks off. Walks off, yeah. That figures. Yeah, because they're looking at it like, I can't believe you support the people that are more successful because they're obviously the bad ones. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. You know who mm. brought that up? Uh, Soul. Yeah. Yeah, said that. That uh, You know, why do people hate the Jews so much? Well, because the majority of them are more successful than you are. Isn't that something? Remember when Marlon Brando back in the 80s said that uh, Hollywood's full of Jews mm-hmm. and everybody took offense? You ever seen the credits rolling? It's all Jewish producers. Yeah. They're very successful. They're very successful people. They're driven. They got goals. That's not to put anybody else down. It's just who they are. And people hate him for that. Well, you know what's so funny is because last week we were talking about Susan Sarandon. Who said, go. who said Israel's finally getting a taste of their own medicine of what Muslims must feel like in America. And then her talent agency fired her. And it's like, wait, isn't the majority of the movie industry Jewish people anyway? Yeah. But it's look at her view. Oppressor versus oppressed. 
I have to support the what I think are the oppressed, and then that's morally I feel good about myself. I go to sleep at night. But then the person that was covering the story was Muslim, and they're like, speak for yourself. Stop speaking for us. We don't feel that way. No, absolutely not. You know what's funny? Muslims, very Americanized. Remember, they were the ones in Glendale, California that were protesting at school, teaching their kids, you know, you can be a girl, you can be a boy, you can be an aardvark. Mm. You know, they're the ones that went to the school. And then, and then the media called the Muslims white supremacists. Right. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. <laughs> All right. All right, so uh, moving on, we got, was this woman oppressed? A woman arrested in Miramar robbed Publix. Threatened to, bl- threaten to blow it up, according How to NBC. How many subs did she get away with? I don't know. According to Miramar, I would rob him just for that. NBC News reports, according to Miramar Police, Rebecca Navarro Rodriguez walked into Publix on Miramar Parkway, handed a cashier a note. The note was a threat to blow up the store if the employees didn't give her cash. Oh. Then the officials say she fled the scene, but the employee was able to relay her tag to the cops. This information helped detectives locate her car, and she was arrested later. She charged. They get. She got charged. So where robbing is not a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see if I have any. Do I have anything happy here? There's got to be something happy. Can I have anything happy? How bad is it when we're like? Oh, here's one good one. This is. There we go. This isn't war or famine or. New survey found that a third of Americans were tempted to cheat on their partner at the workplace Christmas party. What? Yeah. According to uh, what's Spokio? I don't know. Oh, they um. Like Spokio a- polled 1,158 American adults about infidelity in October, found that 35% had nearly been enticed to betray on their partner at the office Christmas party. Oh. Oh. 17% admitted to hooking up at the last Christmas party. Oh. Of those surveyed, 22% said they fooled around with someone other than their spouse because oh. they liked the attention, while 20% oh. said they lacked trust in their significant other. More than 11%, however, said they have affairs for the rush of the taboo. Yeah, you know what's weird is I have a friend right now kind of going through a situation like that, and they're long distance, so they're not in the same city. So there has to be a certain level of trust when you're not in the same city. But she's there half the time, so she she flies. So she's there half the time. And she was telling me how sometimes... Even when she's in town and they're together, you think if you have a long distance relationship, when your significant other's in town, you spend time with them. Right. He'd be like, "Yeah, I got a work thing I got to go to," and she'd be like, "Oh, well, am I, it was like at a bar, you know, like a work gathering. Can I come? Oh no, we can't bring girlfriends or boyfriends. Right. So it's like, well, then why are you go? Wouldn't you just stay with your significant other? Right. Like if there's a work thing next week, and she's like in there every week. I'm like, well, why can't he just go to the work thing next week when right. you happen to not be there? Why is he there when you're in town and you just conveniently aren't allowed to go? Yeah. Doesn't being, that sound weird? Of course. You're being gaslighted. You're a dummy. So. The other stressful thing about the holidays, other than your spouse cheating on you, is untangling the Christmas lights. You got that right, mister. That's right. I mean, there's no way to really detangle Christmas lights. Uh, oh, that, dude. It's, it's, it depends on the kind you have, too. Now, one of the one of the ways they tell you is if you if you got like three strands that got tangled together, you plug one strand in. I've done that, and they light up. The problem is, is the strand you plug in usually half of it's broken. Right. <laughs> yeah, and you can't find the other half, and right. you wonder where the little spare bulbs are, and you break a nail trying to get the little bulbs out of the thing. And this is the kind of thing that drives me nuts because they always have these tips, and you read them, and you're going, "Really? Mm. Seriously? I needed you to print a even, half a page on this." Even if you put them away, like we'll try to put the lights away so neatly in different bundles, and then. The next year, even though you did everything right, you plug them in, none of them work. You got to buy new lights anyway. Right. Uh, they actually have rent a uh, company now that puts up 
Christmas lights for your home or apartment. Mm -hmm. They'll do it with commercial lighting, and they'll do it all. They'll come out. Yeah, it's a little expensive. I think one I saw was 250 bucks if you just got the outside the strand. Trim. And then at the end of Christmas, they come pick them up, take them down. And you don't have to store them. You don't have to do anything. Oh, well, I mean, if you have relatives, you can enlist their help. Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. Now grab your end and untangle. So this this tips that they run in this uh, website says, start slowly, beginning on the plugged end. When untangling the lights, keep the strand you're working on separate from the other lights so they don't inadvertently become retangled. Well, no kidding. That's the goal. But yeah, for some reason, bowl. they wind up together anyway. I'm telling you, man, it's Murphy's Law. There's, there's an outside force working in all this. Utilize a pen or a pencil to fish out more stubborn snags. This can help you loosen any knots and make it easier, but as you loosen the... I've done this. As you're loosening the snags... You're, you're tightening yank, another one. You're yanking the wire out of the lights, which makes the whole strand go dark. I just say, screw it. Hobby Lobby's got everything 50% off. Let's just go buy new lights. <laughs> Hello. I am your Christmas lights. I'd like to sincerely apologize for working perfectly last January when you carefully coiled me and placed me gently into the decorations bin. But now I'm a tangled, twisted mess, and half the strand is dark unless you jiggle me just so. I regret that when you finally do locate the faulty bulb, you accidentally replace it with one that makes me flash. Your spouse hates flashing lights. So now, you gotta figure out which one is the replacement bulb, and, well, at this pace, your house won't be festive until after New Year's. When you'll pack me away until next year and go through this holiday hassle once again. Ugh. Apologetically yours, <laughs> your Christmas lights. The Sunny Update. Rick, Jill, and Smokestack. Having fun with the world gone crazy. Brought to you by All Electric Services. So we've been hearing a lot about Kiss and their farewell tour, and they actually played their final show. It was their farewell tour Saturday night, Madison Square Garden. That was the last one. But they kind of released a little bit of a secret that the band will go on. Big surprise here. How many farewell tours have they done? Everybody has a farewell tour that's not necessarily their last farewell tour, but they kind of mean it because they don't mean that they're going to go on themselves. They're going to have a virtual version of them. What? A video played their avatars performing God Gave uh, Rock and Roll to You with Paul telling the crowd, your love, your power has made us immoral. The new Kiss era starts now. So Kiss is actually going to continue to tour, but it's not going to be them. It's going to be their holograms. So you don't have to go anywhere? I think you still have to pay for the ticket and go to the thing. There's nobody on stage. It's holograms. You're just watching so, holograms, I guess. So if you throw something at the stage, it'll go through them? I think so. I mean, that's Wait, how a hologram works, right? So what, why couldn't you just buy the DVD and stay at home? You that's could. what I mean, yeah. You could. So I, I think they just want to continue to make can money. Can you charge for that? Well, yeah. But I mean, who's going to go? Who cares? You're, you're watching nothing. You're dust. We had a show back home. Um, you know, obviously Elvis is from Memphis, and it's a, he's a huge. It's like the biggest thing that ever happened there. So they had, since he's obviously dead, they had it was I forget if it was an anniversary of his birthday or his death or what it was. Um, huge animatronic. Like, no, no, it was like at the what you would call the. It would be like the equivalent to the Amway downtown. Mm -hmm. And they had everybody that used to play with Elvis and huge choir. Um, 
all sing and then when Elvis's voice would come up his video would come up on the screen from a previous concert and it would be Elvis singing but all of his original band live on stage with this big choir and then his face would pop up and it would be his voice so he at least sense a sing along <laughs> it was interesting I guess but Kiss isn't dead they're still there they're just yeah. done that's weird okay wow I thought for sure, because how many bands do you know have a farewell tour and the farewell tour is over and they realize they had fun and made a lot of money or, and then they go, oh, never mind, that's not it. We're going to go on another tour. Like the Rolling Stones, which is hilarious because their tour is actually sponsored by AARP. It's not an old people joke. It I legitimately thought that was is. a joke. No. So, so a lot of people thought it was a joke. Yeah. It seriously is. AARP's like, finally, finally. So this explains a lot. 70%. That's high. Of Gen Zers use TikTok for career advice. Oh, God. Well, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and we're not we're not banning this this app. No, it's owned by the Chinese. It's actually no. owned by the Chinese. I mean, when you break it down, most stuff out of China is owned by the Chinese. Oh my God! Forty six percent said it, it influenced their choice of which profession they were going to go into. Oh come on! Mm. Um, let's see. Forty eight said it benefited their careers. 28% said they've posted something online that's gotten them in trouble for work. 55% admit to getting in trouble for sharing misinformation or what whoever saw it probably deems misinformation mm-hmm. um, from TikTok in their personal lives, work, or school. Yeah, but to go... what We did one last week. What was it? Smoke, maybe it was when Rick was out and it was me and you. The percentage of people that go to TikTok for their, for new, their news. For their news. Oh, yeah. It was well over half. It was bad. Uh, yeah. What? No way. Yeah. F- All right. There's another poll that came out. This is an ethics poll. Oh, this is bad. It, Most w- people get their honey information from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> they were revealing the professions that are the least trusted. Oh, boy. I could guess this. Okay. Lord. Now, we already know we talk about the media and we talk about politicians I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was this bad. The very bottom, the least trusted profession in all of the professions mm. that you could come up with mm-hmm. was telemarketing. What? Right above that, barely, is politicians. Yeah. They're just a hair above telemarketers? That makes sense for me. Where's that on the media? They were trying to get you to do stuff and send them money? The media was in the bottom 15%. So yeah. that was pretty low as well. Lawyers on there? Um, let me see where lawyer fell. Let me look. Um, I mean, criminal defense can sometimes be like, well, you did it? Okay. All right. Well, I'll do my best to prove that you didn't. The <laughs> highest was firefighters. That was 90%. Nurses got 89%, so they're kind of within that. Um, Wasn't there a nurse serial killer in the UK? I'm sure there's a nurse. Oh, yeah. No, that was right? really bad. That was really oh, She killed like 48 right people? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Is, she, is she the one that called them mercy killings? Yeah. Is that the one? Because she, she didn't think they were going to live a good life. I'll be the judge of that. That's crazy. Wow. Jeez. And uh, you might be getting to the time in your life this month that you're starting to wrap your presents if you've done your shopping. If you oh. haven't, don't feel guilty. I think a quarter of Americans haven't even started their shopping yet, so you're not alone, really. I'm like halfway through, but ain't nothing right. You started already? Well, yeah, I got you. embarrassment you, to your species. I got a, another one. And then I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> so you know what? He'll, he's so stoned he'll end up buying the same thing twice for me. So I'll get oh, two dude, of the same I thing. I almost did it already. I was like, oh, it would be great for Rick. And then I look over. I was like, oh, it's already sitting here. All right, never mind. 
Do you know just, I did just that? Just keep shopping for me. <laughs> I did that this past weekend. We had the Christmas party, and I put on this outfit, and I was like, oh, this is cute. I had these little reindeer antlers, and I was like, oh, this is cute. Why haven't I thought of this before? I looked at pictures from last year's parade, same exact outfit. Oh, oh no way. I, I, no, you know what I did? That's true. It's true. I I, uh, I have a tool cabinet where yeah. I keep all my electric tools. Mm-hmm. So this happened last week. I go in there, and I'm cleaning everything out. I'm just cleaning my, my house. I go in there, and I find the sander, a DeWalt sander, and I go, yeah. oh, this is nice. I can use this to make, you know, whatever. And I take it out, and I keep cleaning and cleaning, and then it, and then I go away, come back, and I look inside, and I see, there it is, the sander again. I'm like, I, I thought I swore. I just took... <laughs> I just took it out. Did somebody put it? <laughs> Honey, did you put the sander back in the cabinet? How many do you have? Two of them. <laughs> I brought the damn thing twice. Keep looking. You might find Same a third. Same exact sander. <laughs> Both unused. Well, it matches the batteries I already have. But you know, that's the problem. <laughs> did you have it in like a drawer, like what you would consider your yeah, junk yeah, drawer? Was, no, yeah, it's sort of a junk cabinet. Everything Everybody was piled on top one. of it. Yeah. Even me, as neat as I am, I have a drunk drawer. Oh, everybody's got one of those. I cleaned of, ours out. That's the thing that's killing me right now. I just moved into a new spot. I haven't found a place for the junk drawer, so there's this junk out. We're like, we got to figure this out. Mine's there. It's more organized than like a normal junk drawer, but I buy... I open it and it gives me anxiety, so I just kind of push things around until they're flat enough to where I can close, close the, the drawer again. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's the way you got to do it. Clean out the junk drawer. Do it this uh, vacation when you have off. Might find a gift for your boss. Pair of scissors, roll of tape, phone charger, paperweight, big lighter, green highlighter, pad of sticky notes, D batteries, pack of matches, pens and pencils, sunglasses, mailing labels, couple staples, a TV remote. Business cards, thumbtacks, paper clips, COVID mask, Velcro, night light, a random TV power supply, rubber bands, a glue stick, headphones and guitar picks, nail clipper, tubes of glitter, random sticker, zip tie. I'm cleaning out my junk drawer. All the crap I'm saving's been accumulating. I'm cleaning out my junk drawer. I somehow accrued it and I never use it. Crazy, right? Crazy time. <laughs> you know, it's just easier to call you stupid. Now, stupid news on the Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Spokestag. <sighs> this guy was busy. So, um, and this jail sentence he's going to get is probably the first rest he's gotten in a while. His name is Romel S. Taylor. Charged last Friday with 41 criminal offenses in St. Louis, including 38 felonies and three misdemeanors. Oh, now, here's how the crimes happened. Between October 10th and November 9th of this year... Nobody arrested him, I guess. <laughs> ...and include 10 counts of second-degree burglary, 16 counts of first-degree property damage, 12 counts of stealing, and other counts of first- and second-degree robbery. Holy cow. He's accused of trying to carjack a man with an axe, trying to rob a Bank of America branch, and stealing everything from cigarettes to vehicles, and he's finally been arrested again. But he did all that. In how many days is that? In a little over a month. Wow. A little over a month. Busy. When do they get when do they take people like this? Don't we have like a thirty eighth strike and you're out? Don't what happened to that one? There should be. It should be a lot lower than that. It used to be what, three strikes you're out? That's usually how that yeah. goes. We did away with that, didn't we? Apparently. Yeah, I think it's now it's like 17 strikes and then you get a slap <laughs> on the wrist and then you get a misdemeanor, even if it's a felony. It's... Doesn't make any sense, does it? Mm-mm. This man walking his dog called the Toms River, New Jersey Police Department last week to report a break-in at an an elementary school by a deer. 
Uh, police responded and found the deer in the stairwell, but couldn't catch it as, as it took off running. And you know, deers don't. You know, they're very when they're when they're far away. You look at them and you go, oh, look at the fluffy, and they're so cute. They got a little fluffy tail. You know what? When you look close up to them, it's a damn horse with antlers. Yeah, they're big. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, the deer took off from the stairway and ran down the hall, eventually running into a classroom. The deer jumped on a bookshelf, scattered things everywhere. Officers eventually caught the deer, which they named Rudolph, because <laughs> we're in the season, uh, with their dog, Snare, in tow. Uh, police released body cam footage of the incident on Instagram, where it's obvious that the janitor has been doing a great job keeping the floor waxed because the deer was slowed down only by the wax floor, the waxing of the floor. You know how they, mm-hmm. their hooves slide and everything? <laughs> Yeah, right. A guy in a small town in Washington state lost his city council election by one vote. Oh, so close. God, he must feel terrible. Go around and interrogate everybody and be like, all right, who didn't vote for me? Yeah, exactly. Um, What's the matter? He didn't vote for himself. What? If That's he had voted for himself, he would have won the election. Why would you oh, vote for yourself? come on. Yeah. Did he just not vote, or did he vote for the other guy? No, he didn't vote. He totally <laughs> forgot. I don't know if he forgot or what. Oh, man. That's soul-crushing. You know, he's going to his wife like, honey, I don't want to pry, but was, was it you? <laughs> yeah. The last time the town had a uh, tie, they uh, picked the winner by flipping a coin. That's what would have happened, actually. He was 246 to 247, but oh. he didn't vote for himself, so he totally blew his chance. I mean, Why? do you vote for yourself? Is that considered in poor taste? Does anybody know? No, of course you're no. going to vote for yourself. His- Why would you have voted against the person going against you? I didn't realize right. I mean, you're allowed to go in. No, no, he was. You and his you're his wife American. encouraged him to go in. He didn't. You are an American as well. You get to go vote for yourself in America. Well, I mean, it's probably the same as the other guy who's voting, you know, running against. Yeah, Yeah, that's your Washington State. Yeah, that's your God-given right. You get to vote as well. Yeah, could have won, but he didn't vote for himself. Well, well, now he's going to have to go with the guy that's probably just like him. Yeah. Well, you know, I ran for office a couple years back, and um, oh, you did run for mayor or something. Yeah, I didn't win. I don't know why. (laughs) Here's one of my speeches. Maybe it was something I said. I don't. I'm not sure. I I thought it was good. Yes, thank you all for coming. Get out there and vote today and hopefully vote for me. Now, remember, this campaign has not been about me. It's been about crafting a version of me that you guys like. I like you. Yeah, Yeah. that's why I spent a lot of money, not really my money, my contributors' money, on TV commercials with me pointing at things at work sites with paid actors to make me look like I know what I'm doing. And I'm sure you've seen me with my arm around old ladies talking to them, pretending to listen to them. And then, I, remember that one where I walked through the school? I care about education, don't I? Well, you probably think that the reason I want you to vote for me today is so I can make new laws to protect your interests. Come on! <laughs> I don't have time for that. What I'm going to do is spend 75% of my time in office raising funds for re-election. And you'll you'll vote for me again. I will. I'll vote again. Even if I screw everything up. Thank you. Thank you. Look, I'm going to do anything I can to stay in office. There's a lot of money up in there. Now let's get down to what you care about. A balanced budget. Yeah. More education. Yeah. Health reform. Health reform. These are the things that I know are important to you. But you know what? <laughs> I can't spend my time on any of that stuff. I got wealthy golfing contributors to take care of. Yeah! 
That's right. And if any of that stuff you like interferes with their business and their profit, well, my hands are tied. So the choice is clear today. Do you want another spineless, mouthless, gutless piece of trash that just works for special interests? No. no. Or do you want another spineless, mouthless, gutless piece of trash that works for special interests? Yeah. That's right. Get out there and vote for me today. Mouthful Rick, mouthful of gas. I approve this message. You go mouthful of it's mouthful of gas. The station is about sex, violence, and the weather. The Rick Stacy Morning Show with Jill and Smokestack. I like that. On 105.9 Sunny FM. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 